Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of Chaitanya Charitamrita. And in today's session, we will be studying, we will be continuing the study of the glories of Lord Nityananda, starting from the 23rd verse of the 5th chapter of the Adalila of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupaha Kadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathanvitam Tamsajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha kripa sandhubhya evacha Patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namon namaha Nama om vishnu padaya krishna preshthaya bhutale Srimate bhakti vedanta swaminitinamine Namaste saraswati deve gauravani pracharine Nirvisesha sunyavadi paschatya deshatarine Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this uh, edition or episode or session of Chaitanya Charitamrita So we have been studying the glories of Lord Nityananda and just a few days ago was the appearance day of Lord Nityananda which is the Nityananda Trayodashi. And uh, before we go further, we would offer also this prayer to Lord Nityananda, which is on the screen now, which actually is the first verse of the fifth chapter of the Adalila, which delineates, the whole chapter delineates the glories of Nityananda Prabhu. Vande Nantad Bhutaishwaryam Sri Nityananda Mishwaram Yasye Chayatatsvarupam Agnenapi Nirupyate let me offer my obeisances to Lord Sri Nityananda, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose opulence is wonderful and unlimited. By His will, even a fool can understand His identity. Actually, this chapter is um, very expansive uh, because to understand the glories of Nityananda Prabhu, um, here, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami is explaining to us how He is actually the source of the entire um, spiritual and material worlds and how he assists in, assists in the pastimes of Krishna. So, he explained the glories of Nityananda Prabhu in five verses in which um, actually these five verses are mentioned in the Adalila first chapter in the first 14 important verses this comes these come at the from 7th to 11th these five and those five verses are expanded upon in this chapter. We have already started with the first verse. The first verse of the five gives a summary of the entire um, 
the expansions of Nityananda Prabhu and how he is the origin of the Sankarshan, Lord Sankarshan in the spiritual world, the three Purushavataras in the material world, which is uh, Mahavishnu, Garbhodakashaya Vishnu, Kshiradakashaya Vishnu, and also Seshanag, Ananda Sesh. So, how he is the origin of all these five expansions, that is in the first verse. Then the next four verses expand upon each of these. So, in this, today actually we are studying the expansion of the eighth verse, I mean the second of the five, seven, eight, ninth, tenth, eleventh, right? So, the eighth verse will be the second verse. Just a second here. So, that's how it is now. So, we will read the first verse of the five, which summarizes the entire thing and then the, the second verse, which is about Sankarshan, Lord Sankarshan in the spiritual world. Sankarshanah karanatoya shai, garbhodashai chapayobdhishai, Sheshaschayasyam shakalahasanityanandakyaramahasharanamamastu. May Shri Nityandram be the object of my constant remembrance. Sankarshan, Seshanag, and the Vishnus who lie in the Karana Ocean, Garbha Ocean, and the Ocean of Milk are his plenary portions and the portions of his plenary portions. So, this is from Sarudamudar Goswami's diary. Then we have the second verse of the five, which is uh, as you can see here in the first verse, you see Sankarshana in the spiritual world, Karana Toyashai, who is Mahavishnu, Garbhodashai, who is Garbhodakashai Vishnu, and Payodhishai, who is Kshirodakashai Vishnu, and Sheshaha, Sheshaschan Yasyam Mamastu. So these are the five expansions. So, in the second verse, explains about Sankarshana. Okay. So, here, this is about Sankarshana. This comes at 5th chapter, 13th verse. And the explanation of this goes all the way until the uh, 50th verse, if I am not wrong. Maya tite vyapi vaikuntha loke Purnaishwariye shri chaturvyuha madhye Rupam yasyodbhati sankarshanakhyam Tam shri nityananda ramam prapadye I surrender unto the lotus feet of Sri Nityananda Ram, who is known as Sankarshan in the midst of the Chaturvyuha, consisting of Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha. He possesses full opulences and resides in Vaikuntaloka, far beyond the material creation. So this expansion, Sankarshan, Lord Sankarshan is far beyond the material creation in the spiritual world. So we have been studying about this and we have ended our last session in uh, this Chintamani Prakarasad Masukalpa Vriksha Lakshavriteshu Surabhir Abhipalayantam at the 22nd verse. This is from the Brahma Samhita and there is a long purport that we went through in our previous session. Very extensively, Shri Prabhupada is explaining. So, we have gone through this and now we will continue from 23. 
मथुरा द्वारकाय निज रूप प्रकाशिया नाना रूपे विलसए चतुर्व्यूह होया लॉर्ड कृष्णा मैनिफेस्ट्स हिज ओन फॉर्म इन मथुरा एंड द्वारका ही एंजॉयज पैस टाइम्स इन वेरियस वेज बाय एक्सपैंडिंग इनटू द क्वाड्रुपल फॉर्म्स दिस मथुरा एंड द्वारका वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट इन द स्पिरिचुअल वर्ल्ड द मथुरा एंड द्वारका इन दिस वर्ल्ड आर द रेप्लिकास ऑफ द ओरिजिनल मथुरा एंड द्वारका इन द गोलोक वृंदावन वासुदेव संकर्षण प्रद्युम्ना निरुद्धा सर्वचतुर्व्यूह अंशी तुरीय विशुद्धा वासुदेव संकर्षण प्रद्युम्ना अनिरुद्धा आर द प्राइमरी क्वाड्रुपल फॉर्म्स फॉर होम ऑल अदर सॉरी फ्रॉम होम ऑल अदर क्वाड्रुपल फॉर्म्स आर मैनिफेस्टेड दे आर ऑल प्योरली ट्रांसेंडेंटल हियर तुरीय विशुद्ध तुरीय मीन्स हियर इज एक्सप्लेन एज ट्रांसेंडेंटल एक्चुअली तुरीय मीन्स फोर्थ नंबर फोर्थ so why it fourth is transcendental because there are the three modes um who is um, which is which are satvagun rajagun and tamogun so the one who is above the three modes he is in the fourth or is also mentioned in the in another way that there are three stages of consciousness which is jagruti nidra sorry jagruti swapna and sushupti wakefulness uh, dreaming and deep sleep which are all material consciousness whereas the fourth stage of consciousness is the spiritual consciousness which is completely awake even in our so called awakened state in the material world we are completely asleep spiritually we are blind to come spiritual realization so that is the fourth stage and because the lord never comes under the three material states of consciousness and the three modes of material nature he is always called he is always said to be situated in the fourth state so again this calculation is from our point of view that is actually the first state even for us the soul that is the first state but from our material consciousness um we we think awaken dreaming and deep sleep these are the three stages of consciousness so from our point of view it is fourth because we see these first so but, the, but in our original position we our first jeevar swarup means our original consciousness is krishnar nityadas to be completely awakened to the point uh, or the or the um, fact that we are eternally servants of krishna and we are alert in that service completely even above material wakefulness that is our original first state so this is our second third and fourth states but because we see from this part from here just like the highest floor in a building may be numbered as maybe 100 and the fur and the ground floor is number 1 but um, actually that is the highest but from us we can reach the one first and then all the way to 100 so therefore that is 100 that is the last actually it is the highest so in this way we have to understand that fourth when it means fourth it is actually the first the highest but from our point of view because we are on the ground level completely in the mode of ignorance <laughs> in the material world so here these three states and three modes are uh, the f- our first experience <clears throat> so all these four vasudev sankarshan pradyumna anirudha are the primary quadruple forms from whom all other quadruple forms are manifested so there are so many quadruple quadruple means is chaturvyuha vasudev sankarshan pradyumna anirudha 
from uh, these are the primary four and then from them there is secondary third unlimited vasudeva sankarshan pradyumnayavadha unlimited numbers of them come and there are, they all occupy the different vaikuntha planets and vishuddha this is called vishuddha pure turiya vishuddha satvam vishuddham vasudeva shabditam you know this thing this was spoken by lord shiva in the um fourth canto सत्वं विशुद्धं वसुदेव शब्दितं यदीयते तत्र पुमान पावृतहं सत्वे च तस्मिन् भगवन् वासुदेवो यदोक्षजो मे नमसा विधीयते लॉर्ड शिवा इज सेइंग आई एम ऑलवेज एंगेज्ड इन ऑफरिंग ओबेसेंसेस टू लॉर्ड वासुदेव इन प्योर कृष्णा कॉन्शियसनेस कृष्णा कॉन्शियसनेस इज ऑलवेज प्योर कॉन्शियसनेस इन व्हिच द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड नोन एज़ वासुदेव इज रिवील्ड विदाउट एनी कवरिंग now um, this vasudeva he is said to be in vasudeva sthiti which is satvam vishuddham satvam means um here it is translated as consciousness or it is also called existence and satvam also means the mode of goodness vishuddham prabhupada always used this verse to signify pure goodness pure goodness so that is beyond even the material mode of goodness because in the material mode of goodness also there are tinges of passion and ignorance and when it is completely uncontaminated completely devoid of pa- passion and ignorance then it is vishuddha sattva that is in the spiritual world so that vishuddha turiya vishuddha is mentioned here eitina loke krishna keval lilamoy nijaganalaya khele ananta samay only in these three places dwarka mathura and gokul does the all sporting lord krishna perform his endless pastimes with his personal associates you see in the vaikuntha planets the pastimes are different they are um, in the mood of awe and veneration for the lord whereas in dwarka mathura and gokul and especially in gokul the pastimes become very very intimate friends of krishna who play with him uh, and the gopis who dance with him and joke with him all these very intimate leela are in the goloka vrindavan and especially dwarka mathura gokul and especially in gokul paravyoma madhyakari swarupa prakash narayana rupe karena vividha vilas in the vaikuntha planets of the spiritual sky the lord manifests his identity as narayana and performs pastimes in various ways swarupa vigraha krishner kevaladvibhuja narayana rupe shaitanu shaitanu chaturbhuja shankha chakra gada padma maheshwaryamaya shri bhu neela shakti jara charana sevaya translation krishna's own form has only two hands but in the form of lord narayana he has four hands lord narayana holds a conch shell disc club and lotus flower and he is full of great opulence the shri bhu and neela energies serve at his lotus feet now krishna has two hands and narayana has four hands but still krishna is a source of narayana <laughs> and krishna is um, 
Sampurna Bhagavan, he is said to have 64 qualities, whereas Narayana has 60 qualities. Um, so, Narayana is uh, having 94% of the qualities of Krishna. Uh, this is calculated by uh, Rupa Goswami. Whereas Krishna has 100 qualities, uh, 100%, all. That's why he is called Sampurna Bhagavan. Hmm. So, here in this verse, Shri Bhu Nila. Shakti Jar Charana Sevaya. The Shri Bhu and Nila energies serve at his lotus feet. Now, what are this Shri Bhu and Nila energy? Especially in the Ramanuja sect, you know, these are um, these energies are worshipped, especially Shri and Bhu, the wives of Lord Venkateshwara, Narayana. So, purport, actually, it's a, a little bit long purport. In the Ramanuja and Madhva sects of Vaishnavism, there are extensive descriptions of the Shri, Bhu and Nila energies. In Bengal, the Nila energy is sometimes called the Leela energy. These three energies are employed in the service of four-handed Narayana in Vaikuntha. Relating how three of the uh, Alvars, namely Bhuta Yogi, Sarayogi and Bhranta Yogi, saw Narayana in person when they took shelter at the house of a Brahmana in the village of Gehali. The Prapannamrita of Shri of the Shri Sampradaya describes Narayana as follows. Tarkshadhirudham Tadidam Budabham Lakshmidharam Vakshasi Pankajaksham Hastadvayesho Bhitashankha Chakram Vishnum Dadrishur Bhagavantamadhyam Ajanubahum Kamani Yagatram Parshvadvayesho bhita bhoomi neelam Pitaambaram bhushana bhushitangam Chatur bhujam chandana roshitangam Beautiful verses, huh? Prapannamrita is actually, I think, written by Sri Ramanujacharya, if I am not wrong, I don't know. They saw the lotus-eyed Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, mounted on Garuda and holding Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, to his chest. He resembled a bluish rain cloud with flashing lightning. And in two of his four hands, he held a conch shell and a disc. His arms stretched down to his knees and all his beautiful limbs were smeared with sandalwood and decorated with glittering ornaments. He wore yellow clothes and by either side stood his energies, Bhumi and Neela. So, Lakshmi he was carrying uh, to his chest and Bhumi and Neela were on either side. There is the following reference to the Shri, Bhu and Neela energies in the Sitopanishad. Mahalakshmir Devashasya, sorry, Mahalakshmir Deveshasya Bhinna Bhinna Rupa Chetana Chetanatmika Sa Devi Trividha Bhavati Shaktyatmana Ichha Shakti Kriya Shakti Sakshat Shakti Riti Ichha Shakti Trividha Bhavati Shri Bhumi Nilatmika Mahalakshmi, the supreme energy of the Lord, is experienced in different ways. She is divided into material and spiritual potencies, and in both features, she acts as the willing energy, creative energy, and the internal energy. The willing energy is again divided into three namely Shri, Bhu, and Nila. Wow. 
how sub, how much subcategorization of the energies of course we <laughs> we say antaranga shakti bahiranga shakti tatastha shakti which is the internal or spiritual energy external or material energy and um, marginal or the um, marginal energy means the living entities but these are just broad classifications there are parasa shakti vividhaiva shruyate there are multi multifarious unlimited number of energies so all these broad categories can be subdivided into innumerable categories so here it is mentioned like that that first of all the mahalakshmi can be uh, supreme energy of the lord can be divided into material and spiritual potencies in the spiritual potencies is willing energy creative energy and internal energy and in both features she acts as willing so in material there is willing energy creative energy and internal energy and in the spiritual also now the willing energy is again divided into three namely shri bhuva and neela so quoting from the revealed scriptures in his commentary on the bhagavad gita 4.6 madhvacharya has stated that mother material nature which is conceived of as the illusory energy durga has three divisions namely shri bhuva and neela she is the illusory energy for those who are weak in spiritual strength because such energies are created energies of lord vishnu although each energy has no direct relationship with the unlimited they are subordinate to the lord because the lord is the master of all energies see she is the illusory energy for those who are weak in spiritual strength but for those who are strong the there is no material energy for them there is no material world for them for the devotees in his bhagavat sandarbha text 23 shri jivagoswami prabhu states the padma puran refers to the eternally auspicious abode of godhead which is full of all opulences including the energies shri bhu and neela the mahasamhita which discusses the transcendental name and form of godhead also mentions durga as the potency of the super soul in relationship with the living entities the internal potency acts in relation with his personal affairs and the material potency manifests the three modes so this is explained in the bhagavat sandarbha text 23 which is not quoted in sanskrit here um but um, the translation is given is quoting from mahasamhita quoting elsewhere from the revealed scriptures he states that shri is the energy of godhead that maintains the cosmic manifestation bhu is the energy that creates the cosmic manifestation and neela durga is energy that destroys the creation shri is for maintenance bhu is for creation and durga or neela is for destruction all these energies act in relation with the living beings and thus they are together called jeeva maya यद्यपि केवल तार क्रीडमात्र धर्म तथापि जीवेरे कृपा करे एक कर्म ऑल्दो हिज पास्ट टाइम्स आर हिज ओनली कैरेक्टरिस्टिक फंक्शंस बाय हिज कॉजलेस मर्सी ही परफॉर्म्स वन एक्टिविटी फॉर द फॉलन सोल्स सालोक्य सामीप्य सार्ष्टि सारूप्य प्रकार चारे मुक्ति दिया करे जीवेर निस्तार he delivers the fallen living entities by offering them the four kinds of liberation salokya samipya sarshti and sarupya so here <laughs> so lord narayana 
His pastimes are his only characteristic functions, but his by his causeless mercy performs one activity for the fallen souls. That means that is he gives liberation. That's why his another name is called Mukunda. Means one the giver of liberation. Um, purport. There are two kinds of liberated souls: those who are liberated by the favor of the Lord, and those who are liberated by their own effort. So this, in Sanskrit, exact words are called kripa siddhi, kripa siddhas, and sadhana siddhas. Sadhana siddha means those who do sadhan and they get liberated. They work very hard for it. Whereas kripa siddha is when uh, living entity is especially uh, uh, favored by the Lord or by his devotee, then without much effort he can be liberated. So that is Kripa Siddhi, by the mercy of the Lord or His pure devotee. Now we think we are doing big, big sadhana. But actually, some sadhana we have to do, yes. But <laughs> uh, our uh, liberation is actually, of course, we are on the path. But this is more or less Kripa Siddha. Uh, it is by the Kripa of Srila Prabhupada. First of all, he reduced the chanting to 16 rounds. I mean... This is not big sadhana at all. Sadhana is 64 rounds minimum. So, in in lot of ways, although we are asked to do sadhana, but it is by the mercy of Śrīla Prabhupāda only that we can make any advancement. So, this is also in a, in one sense Kripa Siddhi only. If we get Siddhi. <laughs> that, that also depends on us, how tightly we hold on to the instruction of Śrīla Prabhupāda. One who gets liberation by his own effort is called an impersonalist. Ah, this is another thing. The um, impersonalist don't take shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord. And he merges into the glaring effulgence of the Lord, the Brahma Jyoti. But, but devotees of the Lord who qualify themselves for liberation by devotional service are offered four kinds of liberation. Namely, Salokya, status equal to that of the Lord in the same planet. Samipya, constant association with the Lord. Sarshti, opulence equal to that of the Lord and Sarupya, features like those of the Lord. And the fifth one, the impersonalists, those who get this uh, Brahma Jyoti, this impersonal liberation, that is called Sayujya, merging into the Lord. Brahma Sayujya Muktera Tahanahi Gati Vaikuntha Bahire Hoye those who attain Brahma Sayujya liberation cannot gain entrance into Vaikuntha. Their residence is outside the Vaikuntha planets. You know, <laughs> outskirts of the spiritual world in the Brahma Jyoti. They cannot go into the Vaikuntha planets actually. Vaikuntha Bahira Eka Jyotirmaya Mandal Krishnera Angera Prabha Parama Ujwal Outside the Vaikuntha planets is the atmosphere of the glowing effulgence which consists of the supremely bright rays of the body of Lord Krishna. Siddha Loka Nama Tara Prakriti Rupar Chitsvarupa Tara Nahi Chitshakti Vikar That region is called Siddha Loka and it is beyond the material nature. Its essence is spiritual but it does not have spiritual varieties. Chitshakti Vikar The varieties of spiritual energy. So there's no variety in the in the in the Brahma Jyoti. It's just monotonous. It's just spiritual, but no spiritual variety. Variety is to be found on the Vaikuntha planets. 
just like the sky has no variety it's just you go into the sky um, they say oh he's on cloud 9 you go there in the cloud you go to the sky you will get bored after some time how many how many people want to actually sit on a plane for you know more than 2 <laughs> 3 hours it gets boring very fast so that is the case with the spiritual world also oh it's like on the cloud 9 or something but then finish nothing there that's why everybody wants to land again back on the earth right they want to have variety they can enjoy they can do this they can move about they can do so many things so similarly vaikuntha planets have full variety with this brahmajyoti has no variety सूर्यमंडल जैन बाहिरे निर्विशेष भीतरे भीतरे सूर्य रथ आदि सविशेष इट इज लाइक द होमोजेनस इफॉल्जेंस अराउंड द सन बट इनसाइड द सन आर द चैरियट्स हॉर्सेस एंड अदर ऑपुलेंसेस ऑफ द सन गॉड दिस इज समथिंग वी कैन नॉट कंसीव और परसीव एट दिस पॉइंट इन विद आवर ह्यूमन आई सो आउटसाइड द सन इज लाइक इवन अंटिल हियर इट्स ब्राइट सनलाइट राइट इट्स हॉट इट्स ब्राइट so many millions of miles away but you just imagine that inside on the sun planet there are full varieties chariots horses and other opulences of the sun god recently there was some news that you know some machine landed on mars and they could not find anything they were finding some looking for some rocks but here you see how they how it is explained now these people cannot see anything uh purport outside of vaikuntha the abode of krishna which is called paravyoma is the glaring effulgence of krishna's bodily rays this is called brahmajyoti the transcendental region of that effulgence is called siddhaloka or brahmaloka when impersonalists achieve liberation they merge into that brahmaloka effulgence this transcendental region is undoubtedly spiritual but it contains no manifestations of spiritual activities of variegatedness it is compared to the glow of the sun within the sun's glow is the sphere of the sun where one can experience all sorts of varieties kamad dveshad bhayat snehad yatha bhaktieshvare manah aveshata dagham hitva bahavastad gatim gatah as through devotion to the lord one can attain his abode many have attained that goal by abandoning their sinful activities and absorbing their minds in the lord through lust envy fear or affection purport as the powerful sun by its glowing rays can purify all kinds of impurities so the all spiritual personality of godhead can purify all material qualities in a person he attracts Even if one is attracted by Godhead in the mode of material lust such attraction is converted into spiritual love of Godhead by his grace Similarly if one is related to the Lord in fear and animosity he also becomes purified by the spiritual attraction of the Lord Although God is great and the living entity is small they are spiritual individuals and therefore as soon as there is a reciprocal reciprocal exchange by the living entity's free will at once the great spiritual being attracts the small living entity thus freeing him from the all material bondage This is a verse from Shrimad Bhagavatam 7.1.30. Yadarinam priyanam cha 
प्राप्यमेकोदिम तद्रह्म कृष्णयोरक्यापो ृष्ण पराशर in regard to jaya and vijaya how it was that hiranyakashipu next became ravana and enjoyed more material happiness than the demigods but did not attain salvation although he became although when he became shishupala quarreled with krishna and was killed he attained salvation and merged into the body of lord krishna ah uh, here it is said this is the one i have to remember ट Hiranyakashipu failed to recognize Lord Narasimhadev as Lord Vishnu. He thought that Narasimhadev was some living entity who had acquired such opulence by various pious activities. Being overcome by the mood of passion, he considered Lord Narasimhadev an ordinary living entity, not understating, sorry, not understanding his form. Nevertheless, because Hiranyakashipu was killed by the hands of Lord Narasimhadev, in his next life he became Ravan and had proprietorship of unlimited opulence. as ravan with unlimited material opul- enjoyment he could not accept lord ram as the personality of godhead therefore even though he was killed by ram he did not attain sayujya or oneness with the body of the lord in his ravana body he was too much attracted to ram's wife janaki and because of that attraction he was able to see lord ram but instead of accepting lord ram as an incarnation of vishnu ravana thought him an ordinary living being when killed by the hands of ram therefore he got the privilege of taking birth as shishupal who had such immense opulence that he could think himself a competitor to krishna although shishupal was always envious of krishna he frequently uttered the name of krishna and always thought of the beautiful features of krishna thus by constantly thinking and chanting of krishna even unfavorably he was cleansed of the contamination of his sinful activities when shishupal was killed by the sudarshan chakra of krishna as an enemy His constant remembrance of Krishna dissolved the reactions of his vices and he attained salvation for becoming one with the body of the Lord. From this incident one can understand that even a person who thinks of Krishna as enemy and is killed by him may be liberated by becoming one with the body of Krishna. 
what then must be the destination of devotees who always think favorably of Krishna as their master or friend? These devotees must attain a situation better than Brahmaloka, the impersonal bodily effulgence of Krishna. Devotees cannot be situated in the impersonal Brahman effulgence into which the into which impersonalists desire to merge. The devotees are placed in Vaikuntaloka or Krishna Loka. This discussion between Maitre Muni and Parashar Muni centered on whether devotees come down into the material world in every millennium like Jaya and Vijaya, who were cursed by the Kumaras to that effect. Ah, this is important. This discussion between Maitre Muni and Parashar Muni centered on whether devotees come down into the material world in every millennium like Jaya and Vijaya, who were cursed by the Kumaras to, ta- to that effect. In the course of these instructions to Maitreya about Hiranyakashipu, Ravana and Shishupala, Parasha did not say that these demons were these demons were formerly Jaya and Vijaya. He simply described the transmigration through three lives. It is not necessary for the Vaikuntha associates of the Supreme Personality of Godhead to come to take the roles of his enemies in all the millenniums in which he appears. The fall down of Jaya and Vijaya occurred in a particular millennium. Jaya and Vijaya do not come down in every millennium to act as demons. To think that some associates of the Lord fall down from Vaikuntha in every millennium to become demons is totally incorrect. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, that means, you know, in other words, the Hiranyakashipur, Ravana and Shishupala happens every time, but it's not that every time they are Jaya and Vijaya. In one particular time it was Jaya and Vijaya, but not every time. Here, more information is uh, given here. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has all the tendencies that may be found in the living entity. For he is the chief living entity. Therefore, it is natural that sometimes Lord Vishnu wants to fight. So, we have fighting tendency. We want to fight sometimes. (laughs) But where does that desire come from? It originally exists in the Lord. Everything that we have has an origin in the Lord. So, the Lord also sometimes wants to fight. Just as He has the tendencies to create, to enjoy, to be a friend, to accept a mother and father and so on, He also has the tendency to fight. Sometimes important landlords and kings keep wrestlers with whom they practice mock fighting. And Vishnu makes similar arrangements. The demons who fight with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the material world are sometimes His associates. When there is a scarcity of demons and the Lord wants to fight, He instigates some of His associates of Vaikuntha to come and play as demons. When it is said that Shishupala merged into the body of Krishna, it should be noted that in this case, he was not Jaya or Vijaya. He was actually a demon. Because a devotee will go back to the Vaikuntha. He will not merge into the body of Krishna or the effulgence of Krishna, no. So that's why it is said here, when it is said that Shishupala merged into the body of Krishna, it should be noted that in this case, he was not Jaya or Vijaya. He was actually a demon. In his, so only the Jaya and Vijaya, they came when there was a scarcity of demons. <laughs> when there is a scarcity of demons, then the Lord instigates some of his devotees to uh, play the part of demons. <laughs> so in other words, if there is no demon, he will make his devotees into demons and fight with them. But if there are demons, if there are plenty of supply of demons, then he said, devotees, you, you take rest, you... We will enjoy in the spiritual world while I will fight with these actual demons in the material world. So, 
In his Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Srila Sanatana Goswami has explained that the attainment of salvation by merging into the Brahman effulgence of the Lord cannot be accepted as the highest success in life because demons are like demons like Kamsa, who were famous for killing Brahmanas and cows, attained that salvation. They killed Brahmanas and cows and they got Mukti. What kind of Mukti Moksha is this? That means one who is killed by the Lord is so fortunate. Immediately all kinds of uh, sinful reactions depart. I think uh, Virendra is asking Jay and Vijay are Nityamukta devotees? Yeah, of course. Of course they are Nityamukta. For devotees, such salvation is abominable, that impersonal salvation. Devotees are actually in a transcendental position, whereas non devotees are candidates for hellish conditions of life. There is always a difference between the life of a devotee and the life of a demon and their realizations are as different as heaven and hell. This is very important. You know, the realizations are as different as heaven and hell. <laughs> Same subject, they will have completely different views. Uh, the, de- the devotees and the demons. Even about life, like everything, like... Um, like recently we have made a video about you know a devotee who is wearing like a devotee but he's not speaking like a devotee so the devotees who actually understand uh, the purpose of the video they they appreciate and those who don't they have completely opposite view oh you are just jealous of him envious of him so different views you know uh, the realizations are as different they're looking at the same thing but they're having totally different opinions totally different understanding and uh, totally different um, viewpoints so <clears throat> that is the thing it is said like you know <laughs> the i think i was i've said this story before that uh, a ship was not moving and everybody's tried everything that they could to move the ship uh, engineers all were, you know, scratching their heads and, you know, banging their heads on the wall and saying, what is happening? And they're trying everything, but the ship is not moving. Then one of them, you know, suggested, hey, there is this expert who is expert at ships. Let's bring him. So the expert came um, and then he touched something and the ship started moving. Wow, such an expert. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. And they applauded him and everything. And uh, they asked how much you charge for your services. He said $10,000. Huh? Why? You just did something like that and then $10,000? What is this? No, $2 for doing that, uh, touching this thing. But uh, $9,998 for knowing what to touch and what to do with that. So, see, everybody was looking at the same ship, but their understanding was different. Everybody was looking, but they could not understand and figure out what the problem was. But this, this uh, expert, he could figure out. Immediately he touched the thing and finished. It was moving. So Prabhupada also explained that a mechanic, when he looks at the, you know, when a car breaks down, suppose you're driving on the road and a car breaks down, then you open the bonnet, you look at the whole thing, you don't understand anything. You just see a mass of so many things there in the bonnet. You just look at it and, I mean, that's me. I, I don't know whatever is going on in the, in the car. And But if you call a mechanic and he will look at it, oh, this thing is okay. He will fix this thing and then the car will start moving. You see, so both are looking at the same thing, one with knowledge, one without knowledge. 
for one without knowledge it's just a mess of uh, so many things there the doesn't know what everything uh, i mean he doesn't know anything what is going on but the one with knowledge he knows exactly how everything is working hmm. so therefore our perception may be the same or our sorry our um, what we see may be the same or what we perceive may be the same thing but we will have different different view points on it because of our ignorance or uh because of our knowledge or the lack of it according to our degree of knowledge our reactions for something will be different so demons are always accustomed to being malicious toward devotees and to killing brahmanas and cows for demons merging into the brahman effulgence may be very glorious because i mean they would actually ended up in hell for eternity almost for millions and trillions of years they were supposed to go to hell compared to that if they would get killed by the lord and go to you know brahmajyoti it's a huge plus right compared to hell is even better than heaven so for them it may be very glorious but for devotees it is hellish kaivalyam narakayate you know that was we will read the whole purport and go there a devotee's aim in life is to attain perfection in loving the supreme personality of godhead those who aspire to merge into the brahman effulgence are as abominable as demons that means the mayavadis who are impersonalists are as abominable as demons devotees who aspire to associate with the supreme lord to render him transcendental loving service are far superior so this verse is there by prabodhananda saraswati Yeah, this is the one. In Chaitanya Chandramrita by Prabodhananda Saraswati. Kaivalyam narakayate tridashapura kashapushpayate Durdhantendriya kala sarpapatali prothkhatadamshtrayate Vishwampurna sukhayate vidhimahendradischakitayate Yatkarunya katakshavai bhavavatam tam gaurame vastumaham so kaivalyam narakayate so um, the merging of the uh, into the brahman effulgence is like hell for the devotee tridasha purakasha pushpayate the heavenly uh, pleasures that are promised in the vedas are just like you know will o the wisp like flowers in the sky they have no real uh, existence there no real meaning to that if you say there is flowers in the sky you are a fool i mean it's just an imagination so the so called pleasures of heaven are just like Uh, transient imaginations and durdantendriya kala sarpapatali prothkhata damshrayate the senses which are so strong uh, prasabham manaha they're so strong that they can even one of the senses can carry away a man's intelligence so strong our senses uh, they they put us in great danger always right but for the devotee they are like uh, snakes with uh, fangs removed no danger at all ಪ್ರೋತ್ಖಾತಂಶ್ರಾಯತೆ ವಿಶ್ವಂಪೂರ್ಣ ಸುಖಾಯತೆ ಹೋಲ್ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಫುಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ
That's why Narayana Parasarva Nakutaschana Bibhyati Swarga Apavarga Narakeshu Apitulyartha Darshinaha Swarga Apavarga Narakeshu Whether he is liberated or whether he is in the heavenly planets or hellish planets is all the same for him. He is always happy in Krishna's service. Vidhi Mahendra Adishcha Kitayate Vidhi means Brahma, Mahendra means the um, I mean Indra. All of them are like insects, as good as insects. Mukundamala Sotra also this is stated like that. Uh, when it all these symptoms will manifest in a devotee, yat karunya kataksha vaibhavatam tam gauramevastumaha. When he receives the mercy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that is the meaning of this verse. Beautiful verse. It's quoted in the Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhalila 10.177. Five thirty-seven. Taichhe vilas nirvishesh jyotir bimba bahire prakash. Thus, in the spiritual sky, there are varieties of pastimes within the spiritual energy. Outside the Vaikuntha planets appears the impersonal reflection of light. Nirvishesh brahma keval jyotir mai sayujjera adhikari tarapayaloy. That impersonal Brahman effulgence consists only of the effulgent rays of the Lord. Those fit for Sayujya liberation merge into that effulgence. That means the demons and Mayavadis. That's why Mayavadis are called demons. That is why the devotees are against them. Why devotees? You may say, oh, they are also after liberation only. You are also after liberation. Why are you against them? No, they are demons. That's why the devotees are always against demons. It's like Hanuman was against the demons. So like that. All devotees are always against demons. Siddha lokas tu tamasa pare yatra vasantihi siddha brahma sukhe magna daityas chaharinahataah. This is from where? This is a verse from the Brahmanda Puran. Wow. Tamas means darkness. Siddha lokastu tamasaha pare yatra vasantihi. Tamas means darkness. The material world is dark. Okay, let's read the translation first. Beyond the region of ignorance, the material cosmic manifestation lies the realm of Siddha loka. The Siddhas reside there, absorbed in the bliss of Brahmans. Brahman. Demons killed by the Lord also attain that realm. Wow. This is actually the verse from Puranas, which states that the demons and the Mayavadis, they go to the same place. They are called Siddhas. But demons are also Siddhas. How can demon be Siddhas? That means the Siddha is not as equal to the devotee's Siddha. Tamas means darkness. The material world is dark and beyond the material world is light. In other words, after passing through the entire material atmosphere, one can come to the luminous spiritual sky whose impersonal effulgence is known as Siddha Loka. Mayavadi philosophers who aspire to merge with the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead as well as demoniac persons who are killed by Krishna such as Kamsa and Shishupala enter that Brahman effulgence. Yogis who attain oneness through meditation according to the Patanjali Yoga system also reach Siddha Loka. This is a verse from the Brahmanda Puran. See, even the yogis go to the Siddha Loka only. That means the Brahman effulgence only. They still cannot enter the Vaikuntha planets. The so-called Paramatma Vadis. 
very nice was शेपरव्योमे नारायणेर्चारिपाशे द्वारका चतुर्व्यूहेर द्वितीय प्रकाशे इन दैट स्पिरिचुअल स्काई ऑन द फोर साइड्स ऑफ नारायण आर द सेकंड एक्सपेंशंस ऑफ द क्वाड्रुपल एक्सपेंशंस ऑफ द्वारका सो देयर आर क्वाड्रुपल एक्सपेंशंस इन द्वारका एंड द सेकंड एक्सपेंशंस ऑफ द क्वाड्रुपल एक्सपेंशंस ऑफ द्वारका there are on the four sides of narayana so purport within the spiritual sky is a second manifestation of the quadruple forms of dwaraka from the abode of krishna among these forms which are all spiritual and immune to the material modes shri baladev is represented as mahasankarshan so there is first of all vasudev sankarshan pradyumna aniruddha from that from that sankarshan another chaturvyuha second quadruple expansion which is again vasudev sankarshan pradyumna aniruddha So Sri Baladev is represented as Mahasankarshan. So from the this second Sankarshan is called Mahasankarshan. The activities in the spiritual sky are manifested by the in- internal potency in pure spiritual existence. They expand in six transcendental opulences. What are they? Which are all manifestations of Mahasankarshan. Who is the ultimate reservoir and objective of all living entities? What are the six transcendental opulences? Shadaishwarya Purna. Hmm. what is that shadaishwarya purna means the six opulences the lord is full in six opulences in unlimited quantity what are the six aishwaryasya samagrasya sorry aishwaryasya samagrasya viryasya yashasha shriyah gyana vairagya yoschaiva shannambhaga itingana you know you must know why the lord is called bhagwan it is actually not fully quoted in any of the books it is there in other um, science of self realization i think let's try the other app you must know this was is a very important verse you know like today morning in the bhagavatam class also prabhu asked this uh, question why it is called shri bhagavanu vachavan krishna was speaking whereas when sanjay was speaking shri sanjay vacha andritrashtra vacha arjuna vacha but when krishna is speaking instead of krishna vacha there is uh, bhagavanu vacha why this is the reason to vyasadeva wanted to point out that krishna who is speaking there is no or not an ordinary person like any of the others he is actually bhagwan bhagwan is speaking krishna is krishnas tu bhagwan swayam and what is bhagwan bhaga means the six opulences i mean uh, six i mean bhaga means opulence bhagyavan means one who is blessed by the six opulences huh or any of the opulence so one who is blessed by the opulence of the lord he is called bhagyavan but one who is the owner of the six opulences he is called bhagavan you understand so vishnu puran 6547 says this is actually by parashar muni the father of vyasadev he is uh, his definition of 
Bhagavan. Aishwaryasya samagrasya. This is in the, if you don't know, this is in the Science of Self-Realization. The first chapter, 1C. There are 1A, 1B, 1C chapter. 1C chapter, real advancement means knowing God. In that chapter, you can find this verse, full verse and the uh, translation. It was quoted many times in the books, but incomplete. But here you can find the full one. Okay, please take note of this verse, which is very, very important. Aishwaryasya samagrasya viryasya yashasasriyaha jnana vairagya yoschaiva shannambhaga itingana Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is thus defined by Parashar Muni as one who is full in six opulences, who has full strength, fame, wealth, knowledge, beauty and renunciation. So these are the six opulences. Now he is called Krishna because he is all attractive. And why is he all attractive? What is all attractive? That means he is attractive to everyone. If one knows a little bit about Krishna, he becomes attracted to Krishna. It is only because of ignorance of him, we don't get attracted to him. Now, if we really know him, even a little bit, we start to get, become attracted to him. Um, just like, uh, so why do we get attracted, for example? Now, in this world, just analyze, in this world, in the material world, if anybody has even one of these six things, in a little bit quantity, like even if you take Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and Jeff Bezos, or Elon Musk, uh, the richest people on the planet, Jack Ma or whoever, all of them have wealth. Right? They are the richest man in the, on, in the world. But that is nothing compared to the wealth of the Lord. Wealth of the Lord is Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. The entire universe and material, spiritual worlds, everything belongs to Him. Even whatever these Elon Musk or you know Bill Gates or Jeff, Jeff Bezos or whoever has anything, all of that belongs to Him. Because when they die, when they quit the body, nothing they can take. What kind of owner are they? They were just given that for the time being. They are Bhagyavan, they are not Bhagavan. They are Bhagyavan, they were blessed by that uh, opulence. Because of some previous Punya, they did. But, who is the owner of those Bhagas? He is Bhagavan, he is the uh, owner of the opulence. So, Bhagavan, so in this world, Anybody who has little bit wealth, he becomes attractive. Who has a little bit fame, he becomes attractive. Who has a little bit wealth, uh, sorry, um, strength, he becomes attractive. Like uh, uh, Bruce Lee or Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, very strong, big body. But, so, that is just a little bit strength. I mean, what can he lift? Krishna lifted the Govardhan Hill. Arnold cannot lift. Bruce Lee cannot lift. But still they became famous. You see, they attract. See, when you have any of these six opulences, what I am trying to say here is, anybody who has any of the six opulences, in minute quantities also, he or she becomes attractive to others. Knowledge, if anybody has a little knowledge, he or she becomes attractive. Beauty, no need to say. And renunciation, why monks or you know those who have renounced, renounced order sannyasi, they are revered. Of course, nowadays many rascals are coming out in the garb of a sannyasi and monk. But... <clears throat> who have actually renounced this world, people rever them because it is not something easy to do. Hmm. So, they also become attractive. There, there was a book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It was one of the best-seller books. Why? Oh, he monk who sold his Ferrari. 
Oh, he sold a Ferrari and became a monk. Oh, he renounced everything. Ah, he's attracting. You see? So, these things attract. So, Krishna is called Krishna. That means, Akarshan means attraction. Krishna means the one who attracts. It's coming, it's all related words. Akarshan, Krishna is all from the same root word. Now, he is attractive, all attractive because he has all these six opulences in unlimited quantities. This is the understanding. This is the, if anybody asks you why, why only Krishna is God, why nobody is God, why nobody else is God? Krishna is God because he has all these six opulences. Because he has all these six opulences, therefore his name is Krishna. Whoever has, whoever is completely attractive to everybody, his name is Krishna. And that is the person we are worshipping. <coughs> and there is only one person, Supreme Personality of God. <laughs> nobody can have all these six in unlimited quantities, except him. So, that is the understanding. So, everything that we are reading, we have to understand clearly what is being, what we are reading. So, the activities in the spiritual world are manifested by the internal potency in pure spiritual existence. They expand in six transcendental opulences, which are all manifestations of Mahasankarshan, who is the ultimate reservoir and objective of all living entities. Although belonging to the marginal potency known as Jiva Shakti, the spiritual sparks known as the living entities are subjected to the conditions of material energy. It is because these sparks are related with both the internal and external potencies of the Lord that they are known as belonging to the marginal potency. They are actually spiritual, but uh, they can be overcome by the material potency because of the extreme power of the material potency under the direction of the Lord. And, of course, by the misuse of their free will. In considering the quadruple forms of the Absolute Personality of Godhead, known as Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha, the impersonalists, headed by Sripad Shankaracharya, have interpreted the aphorisms of the Vedanta Sutra in a way suitable for the impersonalist school. To provide the intrinsic import of such aphorisms, however, Srila Rupa Goswami, the leader of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, has properly replied to the impersonalists in his Laghu Bhagavatamrita, which is a natural commentary on the aphorisms of the Vedanta Sutra. Oh wow, I did not know that. Laghu Bhagavatamrita is a natural commentary on the aphorisms of the Vedanta Sutra. So, Laghu Bhagavatamrita was written by <coughs> Rupa Goswami and Brihad Bhagavatamrita is written by Sanatana Goswami. Laghu means small, Brihad means big. So, but I don't know the full contents of those books. So, here it seems that Laghu Bhagavatamrita is a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra aphorisms. That's interesting. The Padma Puran, as quoted by Srila Rupa Goswami in his Laghu Bhagavatamrita, describes that in the spiritual sky, there are four directions corresponding to east, west, north and south in which Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Aniruddha and Pradyumna are situated. See, even in the spiritual world also, there is east, west, north, south. What to speak of material world? The same forms are also situated in the material sky. The Padma Puran also describes a place in the spiritual sky known as Vedavatipura, where Vasudeva resides. <clears throat> in Vishnu Loka, which is above Satyaloka, Satyaloka is what? Lord Brahma's planet. In Vishnu Loka, which is above Satyaloka, Sankarshan resides. Mahasankarshan is another name of Sankarshan. 
Pradyumna lives in Dwarakapur and Aniruddha lies on the eternal bed of Shesha, generally known as Anantashaya or the on the island called Shvetadweep in the ocean of milk. This is in the material world. Vasudeva Sankarsana Pradyumnani Ruddha Dvitiya Chaturvyuha Eituriya Vishuddha Vasudeva Sankarsana Pradyumna Aniruddha constitute the second quadruple. They are purely transcendental. Oh Krishna, this is such a long purport. <laughs> I could not even see when I started scrolling. I could not even see the scrolling bar. What's the time? 8.30. I think we will stop at the end of this <laughs> purport. Oh, I don't know if we will even pass the entire thing. Hopefully we will. Okay. Shripad Shankaracharya has misleadingly explained the quadruple form Chaturvyuha in his interpretation of the 42nd aphorism of chapter 2 of the second khanda of the Vedanta Sutra. Utpatyasambhavat. So the second, I mean the 42nd aphorism of the chapter 2 of the second khanda means 2.2.42 of the Vedanta Sutra. The sutra is Utpatti Asambhavat. In verses uh, 41 through 40. So one thing is, sutra is a very very short uh, like headlines of the Vedas. So Utpatti Asambhavat, that's all. That, that sutra is that's all. Utpatti Asambhavat. Now it has un, so much meaning but so sutras are like that. In very short, they explain a lot of things. Like Athato Brahma Jignasa. One line. First verse of the Vedanta Sutra. Athato Brahma Jignasa. And that is such a huge topic. Now that we have a human form of life, we have to begin inquiring into the absolute truth. That is the meaning of that sutra. But that actually has a lot of meaning. Because why? That means in our we can we can expand that unlimitedly that means like for example oh, we have passed through millions and trillions of bodies in all the bodies lesser than human being it is not possible to inquire into the values of life but in human life it is possible and therefore if we do not inquire uh, we are as good as animals all these things all these meanings are embedded into that athato brahma jignasa so, so many verses can be quoted to support that one sutra. So, sutra is a condensed form of voluminous knowledge. That is sutra. Okay. So, in the this sutra is just two words. I mean, yeah, utpatti asambhavat. That was a sutra. But therefore, Sankracharya he has attacked these uh, statements because they can be explained in varied ways. Only the Acharyas, the Vaishnava Acharyas know the correct meaning to these, all these, uh, you know, sutras, Vedanta sutras. The others cannot know. By speculation, we cannot know. But Sankracharya has uh, meandered through the 
explanations and he has given his own uh, opinion of these things so again so let's read on in verses 41 through 47 of this chapter of shri chaitanya charitamrita shri krishnadas kaviraj goswami answers shri pad shankaracharya's misleading objections to the personal feature of the absolute truth oh so this is actually starting with this verse 41 which is 541 of adilila to through 47 of this chapter krishnadas kaviraj goswami is um refuting this uh, mayavadi interpretation so the supreme personality of godhead the absolute truth is not like a material object that can be known by experimental knowledge or sense perception in the narada pancharatra this fact has been explained by narayana himself to lord shiva but shankaracharya the incarnation of shiva under the order of narayana his master had to mislead the monists who favor ultimate extinction <laughs> who favor ultimate extinction wow how it is worded here the monists that means mono mono means monologue means one person talking like what i am doing now <laughs> there's no dialogue dialogue means die die means two so daya means two so um dialogue means two persons are talking so in this way monist means advaitavadis one who merges into their fullness oneness they are not dvaitavadis so these are the monists who favor ultimate extinction extinction means destruction of their individuality so ultimately they they want to merge they want to become one with the lord and you know commits to spiritual suicide that's why it's called it's is written like this but shankaracharya the incarnation of shiva under the order of narayana his master had to mislead the monists who favor ultimate extinction in the conditioned stage of existence all living entities have four basic defects of which one is the cheating propensity shankaracharya has carried this cheating propensity to the extreme to mislead the monists now you may we are not against shankaracharya because he did it is actually shankaracharya is lord shiva himself and in fact even the monists do not know this properly this fact that he is actually lord shiva so in fact sarvabhoom bhattacharya could not know this fact and when chaitanya mahaprabhu told him quoted from the shastra this point this verse then sarvabhoom bhattacharya sealed his mouth and became a devotee after that so i'll just show you because the ex- exact um, verse is not mentioned here right how how do we know that uh, lord shiva under the order of narayana um, came as shankaracharya to mislead so that is explained we'll just go here um, in the 7th chapter of the adilila verses uh, verse 110 see so it is said here shankaracharya is not at fault for it is under the order of the supreme personality of godhead that he has covered the real purpose of the vedas now this is in bengali of course but in the purport there is the evidence from padma puran so let's look at these verses so this is confirmed in the padma puran in the words of lord shiva himself maya vadam asachhastram prachhannam baudhamuchyate mayai vakalpitam devi kalau brahmanam roopina 
ब्रह्मणश्चापरम रूपम निर्गुणम वक्ष्यते मया सर्वस्व जगतोप्यस्य मोहनार्थम कलौयुगे वेदांते तो महाशास्त्रे मायावादम अवैदिक मैव वक्ष्यते देवी जगताम नाशकारणात The Mayavad philosophy, Lord Shiva informed his wife Parvati, is impious, asachastra. It is covered Buddhism. Buddhism is atheism actually. This is covered atheism. My dear Parvati, in Kali Yuga, I assume the form of a Brahmana and teach this imagined Mayavad philosophy. I order to cheat, sorry, in order to cheat the atheists, I describe the supreme personality of Godhead to be without form and without qualities. Similarly in explaining Vedanta I describe the same Mayavad philosophy in order to mislead the entire population toward atheism by denying the personal form of the lord actually you see mayaiva vakshate devi jagatam nashakaranat to destroy the entire you know world and you see lord shiva comes to destroy the world with the tandavan ritya the entire universe is destroyed right his dance of destruction but he also does this kind of destruction he destroys uh, the entire understanding of the people in kaliyuga and especially because they were atheists and that's why buddha came to you know kind of um, of course the whole um, chronology of events is we have to understand they were misusing vedas so buddha came and said okay because he understood they were misusing vedas so they said okay what what misuse they were doing because they were killing animals oh vedas say we can kill animals they were so with their killing animals but the rules or rules and regulations none of them were following you can only kill once a month and that too if you are really cannot stop meat eating and then okay you eat goat only that to offering to kali and eat once a month on amavasya day new moon day but nobody cares for all these rules and then just wanton killing of animals was going on so buddha came okay reject the vedas whole thing now i will teach you the ahimsa path uh, then he taught buddhism so because he rejected vedas the knowledge of god is also in the vedas only but he because he rejected therefore he could not say he could not prove the existence of god and therefore he conveniently said there is no god or actually he when asked whether there is god or not he did not reply he stayed silent he did not answer that question and he preached a philosophy which is basically atheism to reject the word of god is also atheism so reject the vedas is atheism so he preached atheism so sankracharya came he his mission was to bring back the vedas at least in the bharatvarsha the indian region so he drove away especially after buddha the ashoka king ashoka by his influence the whole india became buddhist full of buddhists but sankracharya came and established the vedas in a way that would appeal to buddhists buddhists say there is no god and uh, my, he said there is god but he has no form he has no roop and then buddhist oh, they thought okay this is fine and this is almost same as ours okay good they accepted all these vedas now again so at least the vedas were brought back to the fore then ramanujacharya came so that's why by shankaracharya's efforts the buddhism went outside the borders of india like nepal bhutan sri lanka uh, tibet china so beyond the borders of india although the birthplace of buddha is in india in, in bihar but the buddhism practically left india and uh, there then ramanujacharya came and completely uh, thwarted this this un, uh, wrong interpretation of vedas and brought back the original religion which is the vaishnava religion so that's the whole chronology so um 
in that context Shankaracharya's contribution is there but if we take that his philosophy alone it is completely destructive philosophy it was just for that timely necessity only but it had no um, it is not the sanatan dharma it is not the eternal understanding of religion then in the shiva puran this was just now in the padma puran these verses these three verses by lord shiva and in the shiva puran the supreme personality of godhead lord shiva uh, told lord shiva that means narayana told lord shiva in the shiva puran dvaparado yuge bhutva kalaya manushadishu swagamai kalpitaistvam cha janan mad vimukhan kuru the lord shiva told uh, sorry lord narayana told lord shiva in kaliyuga mislead the people in general by propounding imaginary meanings for the vedas to bewilder them these are the descriptions of the puranas the lord asked lord shiva to bewilder shila bhakti siddhant saraswati thakur comments that mukhya vritti okay this is another thing this is um, now there is another yeah here in the padma puran lord shiva tells parvati shrunu devi pravakshyami tamasani yathakramam श्रवणमात्रेण पातिम ज्ञानामी अपाथम श्रुतिवाक्या दर्शयोकगर्हित कर्मस्वूपत्याज्यत्रकर्मपरिभ्रंशान्नकर्म्यम त्रचोच्यते परात्मजीवक्यम मैत्र प्रतिद्यते मैडियर वाइफ here my explanations of how i have spread ignorance through mayavad philosophy simply by hearing it even an advanced scholar will fall down not a fool scholar will fall down in this philosophy which is certainly very inauspicious for people in general i have misrepresented the real meaning of the vedas and recommended that one give up all activities in order to achieve freedom from karma in this mayavad philosophy i have described the jivatma and paramatma to be one and the same See, see here in the purport, Prabhupad writes: the Mayavadi philosophers have presented their arguments in such attractive, flowery language that hearing Mayavad philosophy may sometimes change the mind of even a Mahabhagavat or very advanced devotee. An actual Vaishnava cannot tolerate any philosophy that claims God and the living being to be one and the same. This is the thing with Mayavadis: they present their arguments in such attractive, flowery language. They talk so nicely. Hmm? and use all kinds of alliterations and you know uh, examples which which attract the mind so much so that even prabhupada is saying it may sometimes change the mind of even a mahabhagavat so dangerous lord shiva you know he is the topmost devotee vaishnava nam yatha shambhu when the lord asked him janan mad vimukhan kuru bewilder them and mad vimukhan kuru means what turn them against me and lord shiva is the best devotee so he carried out the instruction so nicely and so dangerously that even a devotee of the highest order can fall down by hearing his explanation such great service he lord shiva did in the form of shankaracharya although we appreciate such um dutiful service by lord shiva we don't accept his philosophy because it was meant for nasha karanat destruction of the world not meant for progression of the world therefore a devotee should vehemently oppose mayavad philosophy prabhupada's mantra what we chant nirvishesha shunyavadi paschatya desha tarine 
he has saved the western world and actually the whole world from nirvishesh and shunyavad from impersonalism and voidism this impersonalism is this mayavad philosophy this is so dangerous and prabhupad came to save us from that nonsense hmm. so that's why we have to stand by the personal aspect so strongly it's so dangerous because in the form of um uh, promising liberation is actually good, takes us to hellish life that's why ishopanishad says na go to ishopanishad and come back andham tamah pravishanti ye sambhutim upasate tato bhuja ivate tamo ya usambhutyam ratah those who are engaged in the worship of demigods enter into the darkest region of ignorance and still more do so still more so do the worshipers of the impersonal absolute see that so these descriptions are there so but shankaracharya the incarnation of lord shiva under the order of narayana his master had to mislead the monists who favor ultimate extinction in the conditioned stage of existence all living entities have four basic defects of which one one is a cheating propensity shankaracharya has carried this cheating propensity to the extreme to mislead the monists cheating propensity can be used in the service of the lord and shankaracharya is the best example of that <laughs> actually the explanation of the quadruple forms in the vedic literature cannot be understood by the speculation of a conditioned soul the quadruple forms should therefore be accepted just as they are described the authority of the vedas is such that even if one does not understand something by his limited perception he should accept the vedic injunction and not create interpretations to suit his imperfect understanding in his shariraka bhashya however shankaracharya has increased the misunderstanding of the monists the quadruple forms have a spiritual existence that can be realized in vasudeva sattva shuddha sattva or unqualified goodness hmm. which accompanies complete absorption in in the understanding of vasudeva the quadruple forms who are full in the six opulences of the supreme personality of godhead are the enjoyers of the internal potency thinking the absolute personality of godhead to be poverty stricken or to have no potency or in other words to be important is simply rascaldom this rascaldom is the profession of the conditioned soul and it increases his bewilderment one who cannot understand the distinctions between the spiritual world and the material world has no qualification to examine or know the situation of the transcendental quadruple forms in his commentary on the vedanta sutra 2.2.42 through 45 his holiness shri pad shankaracharya has made a futile attempt to nullify the existence of these quadruple forms in the spiritual world shankaracharya says sutra 42 that devotees think the supreme personality of god had vasudev shri krishna to be one to be free from material qualities and to have a transcendental body full of bliss and eternal existence he is the ultimate goal of the devotees who believe that the supreme personality of god had expands into four other <clears throat> eternal transcendental forms vasudev sankarshan pradyumna and aniruddha from vasudev who is the primary expansion comes sankarshan um from vasudev who is the primary expansion comes sankarshan pradyumna and aniruddha in that order another name of vasudev is uh, paramatma another name of sankarshan is jeeva the living entity 
Another name of Pradyumna is mind and another name of Aniruddha is Ahankar, false ego. Among these, this is Mayavad expansion by the way. Okay? This is not the real truth. Okay? Among these expansions, Vasudev is considered the origin of the material nature. Therefore, Sankracharya says that Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Anuruddha must be creations of that original cause. Great souls assert that Narayana, who is known as the Paramatma or Super Soul, is beyond material nature. And this is in accordance with the statements of the Vedic literature. Mayavadis also agree that Narayana can expand himself in various forms. Shankara says that one Shankara says that he does not attempt to argue that portion of the devotee's understanding, but he must protest the idea that Sankarshan is produced uh, from Vasudev, Pradyumna is produced from Sankarshan, Aniruddha is produced from Pradyumna. For if Sankarshan is understood to represent the living entities created from the body of Vasudev, the living entities would have to be non-eternal. The living entities are supposed to be freed from material contamination by engaging in prolonged temple worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, reading Vedic literature and performing yoga and pious activities to attain the Supreme Lord. But if the living entities had been created from material nature at a certain point, they would be non-eternal and would have no chance to be liberated and associate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When a cause is nullified, its results are nullified. <clears throat> In the second chapter of the Vedanta Sutra's second khanda, Acharya Vedavyas has also refuted the conception that the living beings were, uh, were ever born, Natma Shoter Nityatva Cha Tabhya, because there is no creation for the living entities, they must be eternal. So this is another sutra on the second khanda in the Vedan Sutra. Natma Shruter Nityatva Chatabhya. See, online. That's it. So much information. So here basically this Shankaracharya is explaining uh, you know as a creation uh, from Vasudeva came Sankarshan, from Sankarshan came Anuruddha, Anuruddha came uh, sorry from Sankarshan came Pradyumna, from, from Pradyumna came Aniruddha. So in this way, and he is equating Sankarshan to living entity and Pradyumna to you know mind and Aniruddha to Ahankar. So he is giving a very materialistic example, I mean, uh, uh, understanding of uh, this, the quadruple expansion. He does not know that they are actually eternal. So that's why it is said here that if there have been creations, then the living entity, first of all, if there are creations means there has to be destruction. Anything that is created has to be destroyed. Only that which does not have a beginning does not have an end. But if anything has a beginning, it has an end. But if the living entities had been created from material... Yeah, this we have already read. Sankracharya says in Sutra 43 that devotees think that Pradyumna who is considered to represent the senses has sprung from Sankarshan who is considered to represent the living entities. But we cannot actually experience that a person can produce senses. Devotees also say that from Pradyumna has sprung Aniruddha, who is considered to represent the ego. But Shankaracharya says that unless the devotees can show how ego and the means of knowledge can generate from a person, such an explanation of the Vedanta Sutra cannot be accepted, for no other philosophers accept the sutras in that way. 
Sankaracharya also says, Sutra 44, that he cannot accept the devotee's idea that Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha are equally as powerful as the Absolute Personality of Godhead, full in the six opulences of knowledge, wealth, strength, fame, beauty and renunciation, and free from the flaw of generation at a certain point. Even if they are full expansions, the flaw of generation remains. So generation means they were created at a point. So that means they are not eternal. That's a flaw. Same? So that's what he is explaining. Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha, being distinct individual persons, cannot be one. Therefore, if they are accepted as absolute, full and equal, there would have to be many personalities of Godhead. But there is no need to accept that there are many personalities of Godhead because acceptance of one omnipotent God is sufficient for all purposes. The acceptance of more than one God is contradictory to the conclusion that Lord Vasudeva, the absolute personality of Godhead, is one without a second. Even if we agree to accept that the quadruple forms of Godhead are all identical, we cannot avoid the incongruous flaw of non-eternity. Unless we accept that there are some differences among the personalities, there is no meaning to the idea that Sankarshan is an expansion of Vasudeva, Pradyumna is an expansion of Sankarshan, and Aniruddha is an expansion of Pradyumna. There must be a distinction between cause and effect. For example, a pot is distinct from the earth from which it is made, and therefore we can ascertain that the earth is the cause and the pot is the effect. Without such distinctions, there is no meaning to cause and effect. Furthermore, the followers of the Pancharatric principles do not accept any differences in knowledge and qualities between Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha. The devotees accept all these expansions to be one, but why should they restrict oneness to these quadruple expansions? Certainly, we should not do so for all living entities from Brahma to the insignificant ant are expansions of Vasudeva as accepted as accepted in all the Shrutis and Smritis. So, this is all Sharirak Bhashya. Maybe for many here, like it is a very, very technical and very um, sometimes way over the head. <laughs> um, but if you follow, if you if you want, you can read this more again to understand. Actually, you cannot understand um, um, just like that. This requires some. <laughs> Proper understanding from the Vaishnava. That's why actually Prabhupada explains after this whole thing. He's first presenting the Sankaracharya's arguments here. So he's saying that basically, if Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha are four different persons, they must have differences, which which is the individuality. And so how can they be the same? Now we say the Lord, like Krishna and Balaram and Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha, they're all Vishnu Tattva. They're all same. But he is saying if there is different, if, the, if they are all same, then why there is differences? Why it is a different person? So the thing is, he is, um, what is that? Advaita Machutam Anadim Anantarupam. He can be one and he can expand himself into millions. There are millions of personalities of Godhead. Equal to the Krishna. Equal to Krishna. So he can expand into, that is the omnipotence of the Lord. He can do anything. If he wants to expand himself, he, he should be able to, right? How can he not be able to? Hmm. Although, uh, in those all different expansions, he may do different things, but still they are expansions of the same personality of God. He can do anything. But here, Sankaracharya is saying, if there is difference, then how can he be one? That is the thing he cannot understand. He, he is equating like us. If, we, if there are two persons, and of course there is difference. It's not one person. So he is calculating materially. 
That's why it's called Sharirak Bhasha. Sharir means this body. He is accepting the Lord to be having a material body like us. That's why he cannot understand these things. Anyway, let's continue the reading. <coughs> Sankrasari also says in Sutra 45, exp- uh, explanation to Sutra 45, that the devotees who follow the Pancharatra state that God's qualities and God himself as the owner of the qualities, sorry, state that God's qualities and God himself as the owner of the qualities are the same. But how can the Bhagavad school state that the six opulences Wisdom, wealth, strength, fame, beauty and renunciation are identical with the Lord Vasudev. This is impossible. In his Lagu Bhagavatamrita Purva Khanda, chapter 5, texts 165 through 193, Srila Rupa Goswami has refuted the charges directed against the devotees by Sripad Sankracharya regarding their explanation of the quadruple forms Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna and Aniruddha. Rupa Goswami says that these four expansions of Narayana are present in the spiritual sky where they are famous as Mahavastha. Among them, Vasudeva is worshipped within the heart by meditation because he is the predominating deity of the heart as explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam 4.3.23 That Sattvam Vishuddham Vasudeva Shabditam That's Lord Shiva's verse which we have shown earlier. Sankarshan, the second expansion is Vasudeva's personal expansion for pastimes. And since he is the reservoir of all living entities, he is sometimes called Jiva. He is the uh, reservoir of all uh, Jivas. Therefore, sometimes he is addressed as Jiva. Janardana. You know, the, the shelter of all Jana. All people, all, all Jivas. Um, the beauty of Sankarshan is greater than that of innumerable full moons radiating light beams. He is worshipable as the principle of ego. He has invested Anantadev with all the potencies of sustenance. For the dissolution of the creation, he also exhibits himself as the super soul in Rudra, in Adharma, the personality of irreligion, in Sarpa, snakes, in Antaka, Yamaraj, the lord of death, and in the demons. Same. So these five agents are agents of destruction. Whenever there is any destructive potency, that is actually Rudra principle. It is called the Rudra principle. So the Lord Shiva is the, uh, in charge of the destruction. And that's why he came as Sankracharya to destroy. So he destroys not only by burning and you know uh, uh, the, this whole uh, destroy, destroying the universe, but in many parts. For example, when there is war, when there are natural disasters, these are all Rudra principles in very minute ways compared to the destruction of the entire universe, these are minute destructions. And destruction also of the process of dharma, which Sankracharya did. That is also another form of destruction because with that, it leads to the destruction of the living entities. They just go to hell and they suffer a lot. This is all Rudra principle. So, for the dissolution of the creation, he also exhibits himself as a super soul in Rudra, in Lord Shiva, in Adharma, the personality of irreligion, in Sarpa, now the snakes and even the lion, you know, the, that anger, the, the instinct to kill, that is the Rudra principle. The snakes, envious, I mean, they just, you know, bite and kill. And the venom, the venom which Lord Shiva put here, that is also Rudra because the poison kills, right? So the snakes have that poison. With one bite they can kill. So that is Rudra principle. Antaka, 
that means yamaraj the lord of death of course and in the demons the demons also destroy whatever is good like religion or they also destroy like you know the nuclear bombs like hiroshima nagasaki or famous so called scientists but actually they are in the uh, role of demons the demons are also they can be sophisticated ravana was very sophisticated now that's that's not educated we usually think some you know see as somebody who is sophisticated who speaks nicely or who um, is a very intelligent like those nuclear scientists who created the nuclear bomb yes it requires great intelligence that does not make them uh, sophisticated i mean um, uh, great people they are sophisticated demons we should always look at the purpose of what is being done not exactly how nicely i'm doing it now it requires great intelligence to do such nuclear bomb oh you may you know uh, glorify oh how much intelligence he has that you know he can make this nuclear bomb yes it requires intelligence but what is the use of that intelligence when it was used for destructive purpose so these are all demons and those who are against dharmic principles the demons again pradyumna the third manifestation appears from sankarshan those who are especially intelligent worship this pradyumna expansion of sankarshan as the principle of the intelligence the goddess of fortune always chants the glories of pradyumna in the place known as ilavrita varsha and she always serves him with great devotion his complexion appears sometimes golden and sometimes bluish like new monsoon clouds in the sky he is the origin of the creation of the material world and he has invested his creative principle in cupid that's why by the thing by the influence of cupid there is sex attraction and there is creation of not creation of new life but creation of the bodies for life to uh, for souls to inhabit so that is the creation creative principle it is by his discretion only that all men and demigods and other living entities function with energy for regeneration sorry it is by his direction not discretion it is by his direction only that all men and demigods and other living entities function with energy for regeneration aniruddha the fourth of the quadruple expansions is worshiped by great sages and psychologists as the principle of the mind his complexion is similar to the bluish hue of a blue cloud he engages in the maintenance of the cosmic manifestation and is the super soul of dharma the deity of religiosity the manus the progenitors of mankind and the devatas demigods the moksha dharma vedic scripture indicates that pradyumna is the deity of the total mind whereas aniruddha is the deity of the total ego but previous statements regarding the quadruple forms are confirmed in the pancharatha tantras in all respects so he see um, shankaracharya has explained that aniruddha is ego which is a material element ahankar is one of the material you know elements right but vaishnavas accept that aniruddha is the principal deity controlling the total falls uh, total ego of all living entities same it's not that he is ego he is a controlling deity of ego like even vayu for example is air but there is a demigod controlling that air who's you know um, vayu or indra there is rain but there is a indra who um, controls that rain so he is the predominating deity of rainfall so everything has a personal controller although the thing is impersonal 
it has a personal controller so like that that is the vaishnavas understanding everything even durga the material world is impersonal but she is a person behind this whole impersonal just like in any government the government is impersonal but the the prime minister or the king is a, is a person under his rule the government is working so he is the predominating deity of that country so this is understanding of vaishnavas and that is proper understanding there is no government without a, a, a president right what kind of government is that there has to be a head in the lagu bhagavatamritam purva khanda chapter 5 texts 86 to 100 there is a lucid explanation of the inconceivable potency of the supreme personality of godhead negating shankaracharya statements the mahavaraha puran declares sarve nitya shashvatascha dehastasya paratmanah hanopadana rahita naiva prakriti jah kvachit vanajakshi maharaj is asking prabhu ji why are there so many expansions of the lord difficulty in understanding yeah that's why <laughs> that's why whatever we could understand that is explained actually if you really want to understand the lord is never possible hmm. how he is controlling every single thing is beyond our understanding to an extent which we can understand that is explained that's why if you if you actually go to all these vedanta sutra is very difficult to understand that's why uh chaitanya mahaprabhu when uh, who is that prakashananda saraswati mayavadi sanyasi guru who later became devotee after the conversation with chaitanya mahaprabhu when he first met chaitanya mahaprabhu so prakashananda saraswati had 60000 disciples all mayavadis so he asked hey chaitanya you know um, shri krishna chaitanya you are a sanyasi but you are not studying any vedanta you are just sin- simply singing and dancing like a sentimental materialistic sentimentalist fellow what is this you are not doing a duty of sanyasi which is to read books and be grave and not dance around like you know this is sanyasi is not supposed to dance around he is supposed to be very grave and very serious and very always studying vedas always reflecting on their meanings and wh- what are you doing you are not even studying any i don't see you studying vedas at all never you speak about vedas only simply some singing and dancing what is this then chaitanya mahaprabhu said guru more murkha dekhe karila shasan my guru saw that i was a great fool then he said veda nahi adhikar actually good <laughs> morning prabhu also was quoting that guru more murkha dekhi आदि सेवन डॉट सेवेंटी वन प्रभु कहे सुनो श्रीपाद इहार कारण गुरु मोरे मूर्ख देखे करेल शासन चैतन्य महाप्रभु रिप्लाई टू प्रकाशानंद सरस्वती माई डियर सर काइंडली रिहेयर द रीजन माई स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर कंसिडर्ड मी अ फूल एंड देर फॉर यू चैस्टाइज मी वॉट इट चैस्टाइज मूर्ख तुम्हें तुम्हार नाहिक वेदांत अधिकार कृष्ण मंत्र जप सदा ए मंत्र सार यू आर अ फूल ही सर यू आर नॉट क्वालिफाइड टू स्टडी वेदांत फिलोसफी and therefore you must always chant the holy name of krishna this is the essence of all mantras or vedic hymns you just chant this and all perfection will be there so in other words chaitanya mahaprabhu is saying that in this kaliyuga we are so foolish we have no intelligence to understand vedanta 
So you see, you'll just a few sutras from the Vedanta Sutra, we are already getting bewildered. What is going on? You know, so many uh, names and so many. What uh, we can't even understand the explanation properly, honestly. So <laughs> this is Vedanta Sutra if you want to study. This is just a small glimpse. So therefore, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, of course, he is saying, "I am fool. My guru chastised me." But actually, he is showing that in Kali Yuga, everybody is a fool. They cannot understand Vedanta. Just chant Hare Krishna and go back. Of course, to understand little bit philosophy, there is some explanations. But if you really want to go into everything, we cannot really understand everything. Hmm. I mean, what to speak? Even Brahma himself said. Ten, fourteen, thirty-eight. Jananta eva jananto kim name prabho. Manaso vapusho vacho vaibhavam tava gocharaha. There are people who say, I know everything about Krishna. Let them think that way. As far as I am concerned, Lord Brahma is speaking with four brains, four heads, and his brains are not like our small brains. Huge brains. He created the whole universe. He is saying, okay? So we have to, you know, remember that. As far as I am concerned, I do not wish to speak very much about this matter. He, <laughs> he is saying, I will not even try to refute them who are saying, I know everything about Krishna. Then they say like that. Brahma is saying, I, I will not even try to refute them. I will not agree with them. I have nothing to say about them. I will offer my big namaskar to them. But I am saying this much. Oh my Lord, let me say this much. As far as your opulences are concerned, they are all beyond the reach of my mind, body and words. If Brahma is saying like that, anybody lesser than Brahma who thinks that he knows the Lord, he is a rascal. In other words, he is calling them rascals, but in a very, very nice way, without calling them rascals. <laughs> he is saying, with my four heads, I am saying, but if there is somebody says that they know Krishna, I offer my namaskar to them. But I can say this much, with my four heads, with my four brains, with best brains in the universe, I can say this much that I don't, I have no clue about about you. So, <laughs> in other words, he is calling everybody who says I know Krishna as rascal. Very humbly he said, all are rascals. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so Sarve Nitya Shashvatasya Dehasya Tasya Paramatmana Paratmana Hanopadana Rahita Naiva Prakriti Jakvachit All the varied expansions of the personality of Godhead are transcendent, transcendental and eternal. See, Sarve Nitya Shashvatas Chaddehas Tasya Paratmana. All are eternal and transcendental and all are all of them repeatedly descend to all the different universes of the material creation. Their bodies composed of eternity, bliss and knowledge are everlasting. There is no chance of their decaying for they are not creations of the material world. Their forms are concentrated spiritual existence. Concentrated spiritual existence. Always complete with all spiritual qualities and devoid of material contamination. Hanopadana Rahita Naiva Prakritija Kvachit Prakritija means born of the material nature. No, they are not. Naiva at any time. Kvachit means at any time. Confirming these statements, the Narada Pancharatra asserts Maniriyatha Vibhagena Nilapitam Bidhir 
सॉरी मणिर्यथा विभागेन नील पीतादिभिर्युत रूपभेदमति ध्यान भेदा तथाच्युता wow very nice the infallible personality of godhead can manifest his body in different ways according to different modes of worship just as the vaidurya gem can manifest itself in various colors such as blue and yellow <coughs> see he is manifesting his body according to the different modes of worship this just as the vaidurya ha huh? maniryatha vibhagena neela peetadibhiryutah रूपभेदम अवाप्नोति ध्यान भेदात् तथाच्युत अकॉर्डिंग टू द ध्यान ऑफ द डिवोटीज अकॉर्डिंग टू द डिफरेंसेस भेदात् मींस अकॉर्डिंग टू द फ्रॉम द डिफरेंसेस ऑफ द ध्यान द मेडिटेशंस और द डिवोशंस दैट डिवोटीज हैव रूपभेदम तथाच्युतः द अच्युत एक्सेप्ट्स डिफरेंट फॉर्म्स ईच इनकार्नेशन इज डिस्टिंक्ट फ्रॉम ऑल द अदर्स एक्चुअली दिस इज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट वर्ड्स फ्रॉम नारद पंचरात्र there was another verse right and shrimad bhagavatam i think the other day we were seeing somewhere in the third canto fourth canto i forgot a similar verse where the lord accepts his forms according to the devotion of the devotees ah uh, i think let me just experiment once if i can't find i will leave it um I'm not very sure actually. Uh, yes. Hari bol. It was bingo. Sa upavrajya varadam prapannarti haram harim anugrahaya bhaktanam anurupatma darshanam Shrimad Bhagavatam 3.20.25 he approaches the personality of godhead who bestows all boons and who dispels the agony of his devotees and of those who take shelter of his lotus feet he manifests his innumerable transcendental forms for the satisfaction of his devotees yes so satisfied with that <laughs> fine yes anugrahaya bhaktanam anurupatma darshanam and here narada pancharatra also says the same thing roop bhedam avapnoti dhyana bhedat तथाच्युतःुगपृथक् गृहेशु द्वस्टसाहस्रम स्त्रिय एक उदावहत इट इज वंडरफुल इन डीड दैट वन कृष्ण हैज सैमल्टेनियस विल बिकम डिफरेंट कृष्णास इन 16000 पैलेसेस टू एक्सेप्ट 16000 क्वींस एज हिज वाइफ्स भागवतम 10692 द पद्म पुराण आल्सो एक्सप्लेन्स सदेवो बहुधा भूत्वा निर्गुणः पुरुषोत्तमः पुरुषोत्तमः एकी भूय पुनः शेते निर्दोषो हरिरादिकृत the same personality of god had purushottam the original person who is always devoid of material qualities and contamination can exhibit himself in various forms and at the same time lie down in one form sadevo bahudha bhutva nirguna purushottamah eki bhuya punah shete nirdosho hariradikrit 
these also explain the different forms of the lord but it is not exactly stated that they are you know um of course this 1069:2 is a similar verse because according to the queen's devotion he expanded into 16000 forms and in 16000 palaces to satisfy their uh, devotion to reciprocate their devotion so that is also according to the devotee's desire he expanded himself into 16108 forms so that is in the bhagavatam so that is also actually based on that but it's not exactly explained in that context but from this context we can also understand it like that so rajakishore is saying something rajakishore prabhu nayamatma pravachanena labhyo na medhayana bahuna shrutena yamevaishat vrunute tena labhyas tasyaisha atma vivrunute tanum swam no in this verse he is he is saying that the lord will reveal his own form uh, by his own accord to the devotee but not exactly according to the devotion of the devotees he manifests his form and that means he he appears in different forms because of the desire of the devotees that exactly is not uh, stated but in these two narada pancharatra verse and that bhagavatam verse it is explained <clears throat> because the, in one of the zoom sessions with sundar gopal prabhu the question i asked him was if paramatma uh, features of paramatma as chaturbhuj roop in the heart are detailedly explained in the second canto of bhagavatam how come when hanuman opened his chest it was not that chaturbhuj form of paramatma but sita and ram inside how come um so this is the answer that because of the devotion of the devotee he changes his form he is so subservient to the desire of the devotee that he appears before him as uh, the form that the devotee wants to see him in but of course the devotee doesn't want if the devotee says i want to see you as ganesh then lord krishna will tell him you are not a devotee you must also learn devotion from my pure devotee and then come to me actually there is a spiritual ganesh his name is um, vishwaksena in the spiritual world and the ganesh of this world is a replica of the spiritual ganesh who is vishwaksena in the spiritual world that is, which is actually the lord so these things are also there <clears throat> in the 10th canto of shrimad bhagavatam it is said yajanti tvan maya stvam vai bahumurti ekamurtikam hmm? 1047 oh my lord although you manifest yourself in varieties of forms you are one without a second therefore pure devotees concentrate upon you and worship only you In the Kurma Puran it is said अस्थूलस्थूलोचन द लॉर्ड इज पर्सनल ऑल दो इंपर्सनल अस्थूलस्थूलोत The Lord is personal, although impersonal. He is atomic, although great, and he is blackish and has red eyes, although he is colorless. Avarna sarvata prokta shamo raktan dalochana. Avarna means varna means uh, also category, but also 
கிருஷ்ணவர்ணம் பீத்தவர்ணம் ரத்தவர்ணம் ஆல் தீஸ் மென்ஷன் மென்ஷன் இந்த பாகவதம் அண்ட் வட் இஸ் தட் ஒயிட் ஸ்வேதவர்ணம் ஸோ தட் இஸ் கலர் ஸோ அவர்ணம் அவர்ண சர்வத ப்ரோக்த ஷாமோ ரக்தாந்தலோச்சனா ஸோ இன் திஸ் வே ஆல் கான்ட்ரடிக்ஷன்ஸ் கேன் பி இன் த லார்ட் ஹீ இஸ் அட்டாமிக் பட் அட் த சேம் டைம் ஹீ இஸ் கிரேட் ஹீ இஸ் பர்சனல் ஆல்தோ இம்பர்சனல் ஹீ இஸ் பிளாக்கிஷ் அண்ட் ஹேட் ரெட் ஐஸ் ஆல்தோ ஹீ இஸ் கலர்லெஸ் by material calculation all this may appear contradictory but if you understand that the supreme personality of godhead has inconceivable potencies we can accept these facts as eternally possible in him in our present condition we cannot understand the spiritual activities and how they occur but although they are inconceivable in the material context we should not disregard such contradictory conceptions although it is apparently inconceivable it is quite possible for the absolute to reconcile all opposing elements Shrimad Bhagavatam establishes this in the 6th canto, 6.9.34-37. Wow, such a long explanation of these verses. Oh, these are all like prose, not... Uh, poem format duravabodha ivatavayam vihara yogo yad asharano sharira idam asharana asharira idam in this way aguna srijasi pasi harasi so anyway this is long very long i think all these are very very long <coughs> wow <laughs> very very long uh, okay let's go back Oh my lord your transcendental pastimes and enjoyments all appear inconceivable because they are not limited by the causal and effective actions of material thought See here it is said all opposing elements can be reconciled harmoniously in the lord and this is actually explained in the 6th canto 9th chapter 34 through 37 We always say Prabhupada always said also that in the lord all contradictions reside harmoniously Of course that is true but this is the verse for that these are the verses not exactly verse but prose oh my lord your transcendental pastimes and enjoyments all appear inconceivable because they are not limited by the causal and effective actions of material thought you can do everything without performing bodily work you see he can do everything without performing bodily work the vedas say that the absolute truth has multifarious potencies and does not need to do anything personally My dear Lord, you are entirely devoid of material qualities. Without anyone's help, you can create, maintain and dissolve the entire qualitative material manifestation. Yet in all such activities you do not change. You do not accept the results of your activities. <coughs> Unlike ordinary demons and demigods who suffer or enjoy the reactions of their activities in the material world, unaffected by the reactions of work, you eternally exist with your full spiritual potency. This we cannot fully understand. Now when Krishna came he was cursed by Gandhari for example um that oh you have killed my family like this and your family also will be killed and all the yadus actually killed fought among themselves and killed themselves now you may say oh you see ordinary curses are also acting on the lord but actually the lord accepted the curse of gandhari uh, only the devotees can curse the lord the all the people who are actually participating there are somehow other related to the lord uh, gandhari is one of the you know very great um, 
what is that um chaste woman of the vedic history so she has you know uttered the curse but actually the lord i mean so many atheists are uttering curses on the lord what is happening to the lord nothing is happening right they won't even act on devotees but like even maharaj parikshit when he was cursed by the so called brahmana boy um I mean, of course, he is a Bra- he was a Brahmana, but he misused his Brahmanical power. Actually, Parishit Maharaj had full uh, power to counteract that. He, in fact, it is said that even before he was born, Brahmastra came and Lord Vishnu protected him. That's why he is called Vishnuratha. And uh, similarly, the Lord could have again protected him from the sharp of uh, this um, uh, Shringi, the Brahman boy. But the Parishit Maharaj did not ask for it. He was fully powerful to counteract and even countercurse the boy also and kill him also but he did not do it although he had the power to do it um so even the devotees are not affected by the curse of the de- atheists what to speak of the lord and then why how come he was affected by gandhar's curse well, the lord has to accept such curse now the lord has to agree to accept he agreed to accept um so that is the that is how the lord deals he seemingly that's why people cannot understand ordinary people cannot understand these things he is only bound by love hmm. so gandhari was an instrument in uh, uh, the ending of the lord's pastimes because the lord has to somehow or other wind up the crea- i mean wind up his pastimes right so she became just an instrument in that he used her as an instrument it's not that you know she has the power to curse the lord no nobody has the power just like yashoda how come she she could bind him who can bind the unlimited but yashoda bound the unlimited by devotion so that's the only way he can be bound bound and she even chastised him scolded him you know so many things unaffected by the reactions <laughs> in fact the lord inspired gandhari to curse him in that way is actually not a curse in the drama it looks like a curse but it's the lord's plan to end his own um pastimes anyway let's move on you do not accept the result results of your activities unlike ordinary demons and demigods who suffer or enjoy the reactions of their activities in the material world unaffected by the reactions of work you eternally exist with your full spiritual potency this we cannot fully understand because you are unlimited in your six opulences no one can count your transcendental qualities philosophers and other thoughtful persons are overwhelmed no one can count your transcendental qualities Philosophers and other thoughtful persons are overwhelmed by the contradictory manifestations of the physical world and the proportion sorry the propositions of logical arguments and judgments because they are bewildered by by word jugglery and disturbed by the different calculations of the scriptures their theories cannot touch you who are the ruler and controller of everyone and whose glories are beyond conception your inconceivable potency keeps you unattached to the mundane qualities surpassing all conceptions of material contemplation your pure transcendental knowledge keeps you beyond all speculative processes by your inconceivable potency there is nothing contradictory in you people may sometimes think of you as impersonal or personal but you are one for persons who are confused or bewildered a rope may appear to manifest itself as different kinds of snakes for similar confused persons who are uncertain about you you create various philosophical methods in pursuance of their uncertain positions wow you create various phys- philosophical methods in pursuance of their uncertain positions of course i mean those people are coming up with their own theories 
who is giving them the intelligence to give uh, come up with those theories the lord matta smriti gyanam apohanam cha we should always remember the differences between spiritual and material actions <coughs> the supreme lord being all spiritual can perform any act without extraneous help differences between spiritual and material actions in the material world if we want to manufacture an earthen pot we need the ingredients a machine and also a laborer but we should not extend this idea to the actions of the supreme lord for he can create anything in a moment without that which appears necessary in our own conception when the lord appears as an incarnation to fulfill a particular purpose this does not indicate that he is unable to fulfill it without appearing another important point when the lord appears as an incarnation to fulfill a particular purpose this does not indicate that he is unable to fulfill it without appearing now in this connection actually i want to say something now we know that in kaliyuga the kalautad uh, harikirtanath um, chanting of the holy names is the method in kaliyuga now chaitanya mahaprabhu came and gave us this but chaitanya mahaprabhu is only going to come again only in the next day of brahma so in all subsequent kaliyugas in this in this whole day of brahma which are how many uh 7th uh by this manu 500 cycles of kalyugas would have passed in the day of brahma by the end of this manu that means let's calculate um uh, 71 28 43 that means we are 400 sorry 457 cycles of kaliyugas have passed in this day of brahma and only in this particular kaliyuga chaitanya mahaprabhu has come and in the 456 kaliyugas before this chaitanya mahaprabhu did not come and in the 550 43 or 42 uh, kaliyugas that are going to be going to come in this day of brahma also chaitanya mahaprabhu is not going to come how are people going to chant the hari krishna maha mantra without chaitanya mahaprabhu answer is here when the lord appears as an incarnation to fulfill a particular purpose this does not indicate that he is unable to fulfill it without appearing means the chanting will go on even without the lord coming as chaitanya mahaprabhu somehow or other he will get that done and the kalautad harikirtanath will go on you see that's why actually if you see in the uh, anti leela of chaitanya charitamritam it is mentioned krishnadas kavraj goswami said that in the future Veda Vyas, Vyasadeva will come to fully describe. He said this Chaitanya Charitamrita is just a brief description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. In the future, Veda Vyas will come and write down the full, uh, in in great, much greater uh, volume, the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That means, just like now we are studying, um, you know, Matsya Avatar or Lila or Kurma Avatar. all these avatars came in different different cycles not even in this cycle but vedavyas has written down for us and we are learning now right so similarly chaitanya mahaprabhu's pastimes also will be written later on and like that the the thing may go on anyway i mean the lord has very many ways to make this happen so we should never think that oh, without coming he cannot do his things he can still do 
he can do anything simply by his will but by his causeless mercy he appears to be dependent upon his devotees he appears to be dependent upon his devotees hmm. he appears as a son of yashoda mata not because he is dependent on her care but because he accepts such a role by his causeless mercy when he appears for the protection of his devotees he naturally accepts trials and tribulations on their behalf why even the lord needs to come to the material world when he is happy there and then get cursed by gandhari and future so many people people will be cur- cursing him as he is just a what what playboy or something like that so many why he has to come here to get insulted no he comes here to save us and um, you know he accepts the trials and tribulations on their behalf because actually the devotees are always harassed by the by atheists by the demons so the so lord comes to favor the devotees and he in the meantime in that in the due in that course of activities he also takes insults from the non devotees which otherwise the devotees usually take those insults devotees are always harassed by non devotees so he comes and takes you see that's why he naturally accepts trials and tribulations on their behalf see how he is so uh, merciful wow we have only come halfway through the purport you know i don't know if it was a good idea i'm only worried about uh, i mean it's always exciting to read these things but I'm worried about you know so long if it may be inconvenience for all of you in the bhagavad gita it is said that the lord being equally disposed toward every living being has no enemies and no friends but that he has special affection for a devotee who always thinks of him in love what is it was when it is said like that we have to no exactly where it is coming from samoham sarvabhuteshu namedveshyostina priyahan ye ye bhajanti tum am bhaktya mai te te suchapyaham i envy no one nor am i partial to anyone i am equal to all but whoever renders me uh, uh, whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend is in me and i am also a friend to him so here it is here is where he said that <coughs> therefore neutrality and partiality are both among the transcendental qualities of the lord and they are properly adjusted by his inconceivable energy so in in other words he is neutral and he is partial how can that be if you are partial you are not neutral if you are neutral you are not partial but he is partial and neutral at the same time the lord is parabrahman or the source of the impersonal brahma which is his all pervading feature of neutrality in his personal feature however as the owner of all transcendental opulences the lord displays his partiality by taking the side of his devotees see it is explained like that the lord is parabrahman or the source of all, of the impersonal brahman which is all pervading feature of neutrality in his personal feature however as the owner of transcendental opulences the lord displays his partiality by taking the side of his devotees partiality neutrality and all such qualities are present in god otherwise they could not be experienced in the creation and everything that is contradictory also is from coming from the same person the lord but in him everything is harmoniously there since he is the total existence all things are properly adjusted in the absolute in the relative world such qualities are displayed in a perverted manner and therefore we experience non duality as a perverted reflection 
because there is no logic to explain how things happen in the realm of spirit the lord is sometimes described as being beyond the range of experience but if we simply accept the lord's inconceivability we can then adjust all things in him non devotees cannot understand the lord's inconceivable energy and consequently for them it is said that he is beyond the range of conceivable expression the author of the brahma sutras accepts this fact and says shrutestu shabda moolatvat the supreme personality of godhead uh, being inconceivable to an ordinary man can be understood only through the evidence of vedic injunctions actually there is another verse shrutekshita shrutekshita the lord can only be understood through vedic injunctions yes 3911 is very important verse tvam bhakti yoga paribhavita hritsaroja ase shrutekshita patho nanunath pumsam yadyadhiyat urugaya vibhavayanti tad tadvapu pranayase sadanugrahaya this is again actually coming to the same Ah, this is also a very important verse, which also says this: "You are so merciful to your devotees that you manifest yourself in the particular eternal form of transcendence in which they always think of you." This again, actually, I am pointing to the same verse. And also, the, I actually wanted to take out this verse for another point: "Shruta ikshita, seen through the ear." The Lord is called Shruta ikshita, seen through the ear. Oh my lord your devotees can see you through the ears by the process of bona fide hearing from the proper parampara so shrutekshita is actually an important verse to remember i haven't memorized this yet very nice verse 3911 then here also in the brahma sutra it is said um shrutestu shabdamoolatvat see the supreme personality this is also same point actually if somebody says oh shruti we want from shruti shruti praman oh, this is shruti praman shrutestu shabdamoolatvat supreme personality of god had been inconceivable to an ordinary man can be understood only through the evidence of the vedic injunctions the skanda puran confirms achintya khaluye bhava natam starkena yojayet matters inconceivable to a common man should not be a subject for argument we find very wonderful qualities even in such material things as jewels and drugs indeed their qualities often appear inconceivable for example some drugs you take and then the person becomes like a madman you know i think the, recently there was this uh one stupid drug they invented you become high and you become like a madman you go and bang into walls you go to you know as if you are like indestructible entity you know and of course there are positive drugs like you know the sanjeevani which was given to lakshman and then from almost like a dead man to come to life you know so all these things even such jewels and drugs money and aushadha uh, they have powerful uh, and even like you know those gems they are you know uh, always counted among uh, something which has powers that's why there is where the nava sometimes nine rings to contract the nine influence of the i mean influence of the nine planets and all these things my grandfather used to have one of them actually that's why 
in the in the mukundamala stotra also the king kulashekar can uh, what is that compares the lord to the ultimate ah the flakka prajukishwar <laughs> prabhu is explaining that is the flakka drug they turn into zombies by taking that yeah actually i have seen some videos with my brother only showed a flakka drug it become crazy you know they go and bang into cars they go and i mean i don't know crazy fellows you know and uh gems also have very wonderful qualities mm. they can also do you know wonderful things that, that's why there there is this uh, you know so they say oh you put this uh, uh, ruby you will get this you know energy something like that there is a truth to that but the way there is a new age spiritualist explains sir rubbish there is vedic truth to that so money all the <coughs> jewels and um, mantras and herbs these three things are said to have uh, magical powers now that's why mukundamala stotram if you see these three things that um, king kulashekar compares the lord to in the 30th verse he says bhakta paya bhujanga garudamanis trilokya rakshamaner gopilochana chatakambudamane सौंदर्य मुद्रामणि यह कांतामणि रुक्मिणी घनकुचा द्वंद्वैक भूषामणि श्रेयो देव शिखामणि हृदिशतुनो गोपाल चूडामणि सो ही इज द ज्वेल राइडिंग ऑन द बैक ऑफ गरुडा हु कैरीज अवे द लॉर्ड्स डिवोटीज ऑन हिज विंग्स ही इज द मैजिक ज्वेल प्रोटेक्टिंग द थ्री वर्ल्ड्स द ज्वेल लाइक क्लाउड अट्रैक्टिंग द चातक बर्ड आइज ऑफ द गोपीज द ज्वेल अमंग ऑल ऑफ ऑल हु just so gracefully he is the only jeweled ornament on the ample breasts of queen rukmini who is herself the jewel of beloved consorts may the crown jewel of all gods the best of the cowherds grant us the supreme benediction you see his self effulgent very beautiful and highly valuable jewels are also valuable right and then <clears throat> then next words he compares the lord i mean not compares um the mantram jewels mantras and herbs सशत्रुच्छेदकमंत्रम सकलमुपनिषद्वाक्यसंपूज्य मंत्र संसारोच्छेदमंत्रम समुचितमसहसंघनिर्याणमंत्रैश्वरीकमंत्रम व्यसनभुजगसंदसंत्राणमंत्रम जिह्वे श्रीकृष्णमंत्रम जप जप सतत जन्म साफल्यमंत्रम ओ टंग प्लीज कॉन्स्टली छांड द मंत्र कंपोज ऑफ श्रीकृष्णज नेम्स This is the only mantra for destroying all enemies the mantra worshiped by every word of the upanishads the mantra that uproots samsara the mantra that drives away all darkness of ignorance the mantra for attaining infinite opulence the mantra for curing those bitten by the poisonous snake of worldly distress and the mantra for making one's life in this world successful then next vyamoha prashama aushadham muni mano vritti pravritti aushadham see again here everything aushadham दैत्यांद्रार्तिकौषधमृभुवनेंजीवनौषधमक्ताषधमृभ्रीकृष्णदिव्यौषधिंग्लोरि it is a perfect medicine for curing the disease of bewilderment see this is the medicine 
herbs. So it is a perfect medicine for curing the disease of bewilderment, for inspiring sages to engage their minds in meditation and for tormenting the mighty Daitya demons. It alone is the medicine for restoring the three worlds to life and for bestowing unlimited blessings on the Supreme Lord's devotees. Indeed, it is the only medicine that can destroy one's fear of material existence and lead one to the attainment of the Supreme Good. So, of course, here, um, one of the devotees who are translating this, he said, um, Gopi Pranadana Prabhu notes, Mani, Mantra and Aushada, jewels, mantras and medicine are often grouped together by Vedic philosophers as examples of things <coughs> in this world that have Achintya Shakti, inconceivable energy. Since the Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead and His energies are inconceivable, it is understandable why the poets and philosophers compare Him to jewels and medicine and praise the wonderful com- powers of mantras composed of His names. So, Achintya Shakti. Or, uh, Virendra is saying, Prabhuji, are you going far away from your main verse? Not at all. If you do not understand, you may go and hear again. Okay? We find very wonderful qualities even in such material things as jewels and drugs. So, how far it was? Please, I mean, hear attentively. Don't give comments. (coughs) Indeed, their qualities often appear inconceivable. Therefore, if we do not attribute inconceivable potencies to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we cannot establish His supremacy. It is because of these inconceivable potencies that the glories of the Lord have always been accepted as difficult to understand. We cannot establish His supremacy if we cannot accept His inconceivability. Ignorance and the jugglery of words are very common in human society. But they do not help one understand the inconceivable energies of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If we accept such ignorance and word jugglery, we cannot accept the Supreme Lord's perfection in six opulences. For example, one of the opulences of the Supreme Lord is complete knowledge. Therefore, how could ignorance be conceivable in Him? Vedic instructions and sensible arguments establish that the Lord's maintaining the cosmic manifestation and simultaneously being indifferent to the activities of its maintenance cannot be contradictory because of His inconceivable energies. To a person who is always absorbed in thought of snakes, a rope always appears to be a snake. And similarly, to a person bewildered by material qualities and devoid of uh, knowledge of the Absolute. The Supreme Personality of Godhead appears according to diverse bewildered conclusions. That is explained here, Srimad Bhagavatam 6, 4, 31. Yachaktayo vadatam Oh, this is different. Yachaktayo vadatam vadinam vai vivada samvada bhuvo bhavanti kurvanti chaisham muhuratma moham tasmaina monanta gunaya bhumne. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the all pervading supreme personality of Godhead who possesses unlimited transcendental qualities. Acting from, acting from within the cause of the hearts of all philosophers who propagate various views. He causes them to forget their own souls while sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing among themselves. Thus, he creates within this material world a situation in which they are unable to come to a conclusion. I offer my obeisances unto him. Some might argue that the Absolute... So, that's what it is said here, you see. 
person bewildered by material qualities and devoid of knowledge of the absolute the supreme personality of godhead appears according to diverse bewildered conclusions so someone might argue that the wow we're still in halfway someone might argue that the absolute would be affected by duality if he were both all cognizance brahman and the personality of godhead with six opulences and full bhagwan <clears throat> to refute such an argument the aphorism swarupadvayamikshyate declares that in spite of appearances there is no chance of duality in the absolute for he is but one in diverse manifestations understanding that the absolute displays varied pastimes by the influence of his energies at once removes the apparent incongruity of his inconceivable inconceivably opposite energies let's read that again because it did not go through my head <laughs> understanding that the absolute displays varied pastimes by the influence of his energies at once removes the apparent incongruity of his inconceivably opposite energies yeah the shrimad bhagavatam 3416 gives the following description of the inconceivable potency of the lord 3416 karmanya nihasya bhavo bhavasyate दुर्गाश्रयोथारीभयात्पलायन कालात्मनो यमदायुताश्रय स्वात्मते खिद्यतिदीर्दाह ऑल दो द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड हेज नथिंग टू डू ही नेवर द लेस एक्ट्स ऑल दो हीज ऑलवेज अनबॉर्न ही नेवर द लेस टेक्स बर्थ ऑल दो हीज टाइम फियरफुल टू एवरी वन ही फ्लीज मथुरा इन फियर ऑफ हिज एनिमी टू टेक शेल्टर इन अ फोर्ट and although he is self sufficient he marries 16000 women these pastimes seem like bewildering contradictions even to the most intelligent so these are contradictions but when we understand that he is doing pastimes um in reciprocation with devotees then we understand how the these are inconceivable things like he has parents but he doesn't take birth so that is easily understood when we understand that this is for pastimes the the vasudevan devaki or nanda and yashoda are his devotees and they want to serve him in parental love so he reciprocates so he becomes their son so then it it is the that confusion is nullified only when you understand again if you read the line before this understanding that the absolute displays varied pastimes by the influence of his energies at once removes the apparent incongruity of his inconceivably opposite energies these pastimes seem like bewildering contradictions even to the most intelligent had these activities dhir uh, vidamiha dhir means intelligent who has buddhi even such people find it difficult to understand had these activities of the lord not been a reality sages would not have been puzzled by them therefore such activities should never be considered imaginary whenever the lord desires his inconceivable energy yogamaya serves him in creating and performing such pastimes the scriptures known as the pancharatra shastras are recognized vedic scriptures that have been accepted by the great acharyas these scriptures are not products of the modes of passion and ignorance unlike spider man batman harry potter these are scriptures imaginary scriptures uh they are talking about imaginary characters like harry potter and whatever all these spider man batman <clears throat> so 
if we consider that the past times of the lord and all his descriptions of those past times are imaginary like this harry potter then jk rowling is as equal to vyasadev you know no uh, as good as vyasadev right jk rowling is by the way the author of harry potter so uh, nonsense right how can we compare vyasadev to some ordinary fiction writer this is stupidity hmm these scriptures are not products of the modes of passion and ignorance learned scholars and brahmanas therefore always refer to them as satvata samhitas vidvams chakre satvata samhitam you know that was um i think 171 ah 176 anarthopasamam sakshat bhakti yoga madhokshaje lokasya janato vidvams chakre satvata samhitam the material miseries of the living entity which are superfluous to him can be directly mitigated by the linking process of devotional service but the mass of people do not know this and therefore the learned vyasadev compiled this vedic literature which is in relation to the supreme truth satvata in relation with the supreme truth samhitam vedic literature so learned scholars and brahmanas therefore always refer to them as satvata samhitas the um Original speaker of these scriptures is Narayana the supreme personality of godhead this is especially mentioned in the moksha dharma 349 chapter 68th verse which is part of the shanti parva of the mahabharat i don't know what is the verse though liberated sages like narada and vyasa who are free from the four defects of conditioned souls are the propagators of these scriptures shri narad muni is the original speaker of the pancharatra shastra Shrimad Bhagavatam is also considered a Satvata Samhita. Indeed, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu declared, Shrimad Bhagavatam Purana Mamalam. Shrimad Bhagavatam is a spotless Purana. Malicious editors and scholars who attempt to misrepresent the Pancharatra Shastra, Pancharatra Shastras to refute their regulations are most abominable. In the modern age, such malicious scholars have even commented misleadingly upon the Bhagavad Gita, which was spoken by Krishna, to prove that there is no Krishna. it was spoken by krishna but they are trying to prove that there is no krishna from the word of krishna how foolish they are you look at this nonsense how the mayavadis have misinterpreted the pancharatrika vidhi will be shown below wow this is another huge section of the explanation one what is the time 10 o'clock shall we go further or shall we stop because we have questions to take i feel we have to stop at this point because 1 2 3 4 i think this can be a nice uh, starting point of the next class yeah this is very long uh you see nitya we are, t- we are talking about i think we will do it the next time um you know we are talking about nityananda prabhu but you see how deep we are going now this i think bhakta virendra is he still there he will say oh we have gone far away from the topic of nityananda prabhu <laughs> prabhu this is not going far away this is to understand in full uh, full uh, context the position of lord nityananda so <clears throat> we will i think do this next time because this is another huge topic which will take a long time so we will go to the questions um
Sunita Sharma first asked, What are the differences between Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh and Sri Bhu and Neela? Good. Because there it is mentioned that, of course, Brahma is for creation, Vishnu maintains and Mahesh uh, or Lord Shiva, he destroys. And then here it is mentioned, Sri, Bhu and Neela also do the same thing. Sri is uh, for um, creation, Bhu is, or Sri is for maintenance, Bhu is for creation and Neela is for destruction. So, these are the energies of the energetic. In other words, the Lord has invested the Bhu, uh, Lord has invested Brahma with the Bhu Shakti so that he can create. So, the Bhu Shakti of the Lord is manifested through the personality of Brahma. And the Shri Shakti, which is for maintenance, um, is uh, through the uh, what is that? Vishnu. Vishnu is maintaining this universe through his chi, uh, Shri uh, Shakti. So, Parasha Shakti Vividhaiva Shruyate. When we say the Lord maintains, the Lord does not personally, you know, oh, there is some uh, plumbing defect, okay, let him fix this one. Uh, or a uh, bolt is loose, uh, tighten the bolt. He is not going to maintain like this, you know. He is going to maintain with his energies. And the energy of maintenance is uh, Shri Shakti. Hmm? So, uh, and Neela, <laughs> Shakti is for destruction, sometimes also called Durga. And that's why, now it makes even more sense, there, Bra- Brahma Samhita says, 544, Srishti sthiti pralaya sadhana shakti reka chaye vayasya bhuvanani bibharti durga Ichchanu rupam apiyasya chacheshta tesa govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami The external potency Maya, who is of the nature of the shadow of the chit potency, is worshipped by all people as Durga, the creating, preserving and destroying agency of the mundane world. I know the primeval Lord Govinda and whose, in accordance with whose order, on whose will, Durga conducts herself. So, she is doing all these things. Again, in Actually, this is actually very summary verse. Durga is not, Durga has sub, sub powers, you see, Shri, Bhu and Neela. And they are the powers of the Lord only. And uh, those energies are invested in personalities like Brahma and of course Vishnu is the personal owner. And Lord Shiva also was invested with the Neela Shakti which is for destructive principle. So the energy is invested upon the these um, souls, I mean these um, Personalities. <clears throat> so that's how they are related. Um, Amrita Mataji is asking So was Ravana a devotee who was assigned the role of demon? Yes. When it was Jay and Vijay who fell down, at that time he, they took three births and those were uh, Hiranyakashipu Hiranyaksha, Ravana Kumbhakarna, and Shishupala and Dantavakra. So, but this time, the Shishupala, who merged into Krishna's body, he is not Jay and Vijay. He is an actual demon. <coughs> so, not every time the Ravana is uh, Jay and Vijay. Again, by the same argument. So, one time, yes. But many times, uh, this uh, Hiranyagashipu, Ravana, Kumbhaka, I mean, this Shishupala, uh, these demons come. But each time they are occupied by different souls. Sometimes actual demons, sometimes the devotees come as these demons. That is uh, explained in the 
if you did not notice um, chapter 5 text 36 of this adilila of chaitanya charitamrita in the purport you can read there it is mentioned clearly there <coughs> quoting from the i think vishnu puran vishnu puran forgot which puran was quoted from so uh, this is how we have to understand then we have sunita sharma asking is there any difference between yaksha rakshasa daityas and demons yeah actually daityas and demons are the same i mean demons is a general classification but yaksha rakshasa and daityas they are different they are different species uh, i will show you you know like dog cat i mean cat dog and lion and snake and then humans yeah? all these are different stages right like there above humans there are many other classes of living entities they are all classified as humans in the 400000 human species but even among them there is higher and higher and yakshas rakshasas and daityas they are all above humans even the uh, ghosts the bhutas they are also above humans i'll show you let's go to this verse i think this verse will also explain this first let us go to shrimad bhagavatam okay 5521 and 22 <clears throat> of the two energies manifest spirit and dull matter beings possessing living force vegetables grass trees and plants are superior to dull matter stone earth etc superior to the non moving plants and vegetables are worms and snakes which can move superior to worms and snakes are animals that have developed intelligence superior to animals are human beings superior to human beings are ghosts because they have no material bodies superior to ghosts are the gandharvas and superior to them are the siddhas superior to the siddhas are the kinnaras and superior to them are the asuras superior to the asuras are the demigods and of the demigods indra the king of heaven is supreme superior to indra are the direct sons of lord brahma sons of king sons like king daksha and supreme among lord brahma's sons is lord shiva since lord shiva is the son of lord brahma brahma is considered superior but brahma is also subordinate to me the supreme personality of godhead because i am inclined to the brahmanas the brahmanas are best of all now there it is mentioned and then in the madhyalila if you go to the 19th chapter verses 145 through i think 149 you will find also go from 144 i actually from 144 the unlimited living entities can be divided into two divisions those that can move and those that cannot move among living entities that can move there are birds aquatics and animals this is explained in a little different way although the living entities known as human beings are very small in quantity that division may be still further subdivided for there are many uncultured human beings like mlechas pulindas bauddhas and shabaras among human beings those who are followers of vedic principles are considered civilized among these almost half simply give lip service while committing all kinds of sinful activities against th- these principles such people do not care for the regulative principles among the followers of vedic knowledge most are following the process of fruitive activity and distinguishing between distinguishing between good and bad work out of many such sincere fruitive actors there may be one who is actually wise out of many millions of such wise men one may actually become liberated mukta and out of many millions of such liberated persons a pure devotee of lord krishna is very difficult to find 
because the devotee of krishna lord krishna is desireless and peaceful uh, he is peaceful sorry because the devotee of lord krishna is desireless he is peaceful fruity workers desire material enjoyment gyan is desire liberation and yogis desire material opulence therefore they are all lusty and cannot be peaceful this is about different uh, kinds of human beings but you get the idea you see there yakshas are actually between they are higher than ghosts but they are uh, less powerful than uh, demigods or even the the asuras yakshas gandharvas siddhas charanas all these are among about the same power so that is the difference then there is what any other questions oh. some question by virendra sanatani vaishnavas consider lecha and yavana as muslims and christians as demonic since they indulge in cow killing meat eating and intoxication spread of sankirtan movement will reduce this demonic tendency for the next 10000 years but then lecha demonic population will increase on earth and then kalki will appear to save the devotees and killing miscreants well we are not targeting muslims and christians anybody who goes against the vedic principles um they will be killed at the end of Kal- uh, kali yuga i don't know why you have to name all the muslim christian for what i mean all kinds of irreligion even as if hindus are very religious please they are also doing all nonsense mm-hmm. i mean so anybody who is properly following then he will not be if one is strictly a christian strictly a muslim then he will be uh, he will elevate but the problem is people say that they are following this religion that religion what but they don't follow anything uh, that is the people who are commit all kinds of sinful activities in the name of religion uh, those are the people who are the demons and after 10000 years everybody will be mlecha population and finally kalki will come and kill them i don't know why you have to ask this question you already know kalki is going to come right i don't know ask something relevant you know devotees in material world who participate in the pastimes of supreme lord are under the control of material energy or spiritual energy of supreme lord well of course internal energy spiritual energy mahatmanastu maam partha daivim prakriti maashrita chapter 9 text 13 of bhagavad gita you can go and read all under the internal potency whether they are in material world or spiritual world they are under the internal potency next was shankracharya shaiva acharya no he is a mayavadi um the followers of advaita philosophy are not aware of these shlokas as quoted in uh, adilila 7.110 purport probably even sarvam bhattacharya kept uh, kept uh, silent became silent he was talking so much arguing with chaitanya mahaprabhu when but when chaitanya mahaprabhu quoted these verses especially that verse maya vasam asat shastram that was when he heard he became silent no more argument finish so they must have missed <laughs> rukma rukmadas prabhu as in the last question what about the battle 
of Kurukshetra, 640 million killed. That really stretches the belief and makes the Shastra like fables and therefore difficult to preach. Any explanation? <laughs> that is the exact description that is given in the purport. They may defeat our kind of uh, understanding, but they are definitely not untruth. Vyasadeva did not waste his time writing some fables, right? So even though they may be difficult to explain, difficult to understand, we have to explain it as it is. Now, if you find that difficult to explain, let me show you this. Uh, hmm. You know the cowherd boys, cowherd boyfriends of Krishna, they had how many cows? Nanda Maharaj himself had 900,000 cows. Almost a million cows, Nanda Maharaj. Okay. Now, according to Shukadeva Goswami, Krishna had unlimited calves and cowherd boys with him. No one could count their actual number. I don't know how many girls actually danced with Krishna in the Rasa dance. Three billion. Three billion copies. That's like half of the today's population of the world. <laughs> but they were all dancing where? In that Vrindavan. How can 3 billion people fit into Vrindavan? And Krishna danced for how long? One night of Brahma. And but it happened in one night of human night of this earth. How is that possible? Now, here, each of the cowherd boys was ex- ex- uh, tending calves to the extent of a koti, arbuda, sankha and padma. That is the way of counting. Now, Krishna had millions of cowherd boyfriends and billions of cow- girlfriends. Now, according to the Vedic mathematical, each of those cowherd boyfriends was tending how many number of cows? Each of them. Huh? Each of them was tending cows to the extent of Koti, Arbuda, Shankha, Padma. Now, according to Vedic mathematical calculations, the following enumeration system is used. Units, tens, hundreds, thousands, ten thousands and hundred thousands. Ten times Laksha is Nyuta. Laksha means hundred thousand. Ten times Laksha is Nyuta. 10 times Nyuta is Koti, 10 times Koti is Arbuda, 10 times Arbuda is Vrinda, 10 times Vrinda is Karva, 10 times Karva is Nikarva, 10 times Nikarva is Shankha, 10 times Shankha is Padma, and 10 times Padma is Sagara, 10 times Sagara is Antya, 10 times Antya is Madhya, 10 times Madhya is Paradha. Each item is 10 times greater than the previous one, thus all the cowherd boys who were companions of Krishna had many calves to take care of. How can all those calves fit into Vrindavan in the, in the purview of Govardhan hill? How is that possible? If you are talking about 640 million people died in Kurukshetra war, if that is difficult to explain, try explaining these things. <laughs> so the thing is that when the Lord comes, He brings His His whole dham is coming with Him, His Golok Vrindavan, and the extent to of His dham is unlimited. He can add, and He can fit all that unlimited space and unlimited time in a limited time and space of this material world. This is the inconceivability of the Lord. It only expands, it only makes the explanation easier for us rather than difficult. Why it should be difficult for us to explain? It should become easier because with this we can understand that the Lord is actually inconceivable. He can do all these things which we can't even imagine with our head. If the Lord cannot do something that we think is difficult, that means for Him also it is difficult to do. What kind of Lord is He? He is not even God. He is easily doing these things which are otherwise inconceivable for us. Hmm. 
we don't need to change our philosophy to adapt to their understanding no that means we have already rejected our philosophy we are accepting their philosophy and accepting and telling in what in the terms they want to listen no we have to stand by the truth now when prabhupad said they did not land on the moon was it easy to tell that when everybody was celebrating the moon landing in 1969 prabhupad was in america at that time no it was not it, it is people won't accept people hey, this 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 person is what he's talking what what is this nonsense but he he never changed anything he just they did not go to the moon that's it he stood by his they may say oh the footage is there this is there. still now now they are saying they landed on mars we are saying they did not go to mars they may say whatever they want we don't accept why we should accept like just like they won't accept these words we don't accept their words we accept krishna's words like that we have to argue hmm then lalita sakit prabhu there is a lot of sanyasi who do stage diving <laughs> this is the nonsense that is going on in iskon today so they do kirtan and they dive on the stage like pop stars you know i think what they should do is just everybody just move out and then let him fall on the floor no nonsense um So Vanajakshima is saying, Prabhuji, in the same way, Arjuna, Gopis, and other devotees may be different souls in each millennium. No, um, partially. Arjuna is the same person. Arjuna is always the same person. That's why Krishna says, "Bahuni me vyatitaani janmani tavachar Arjuna." Vishtabha, what is it? Combining two verses. Tanya ham veda sarvani natvam vetha parantapa. I remember all of them, but you, you cannot. when i spoke to the sun god you were also there but now you are asking the question when did you speak to the sun god you were also there you forgot so uh it's not that uh, arjuna will change but the gopis now in the gopis there are two categories one category of gopis are the ones who are eternally his associates and other gopis they are from the material world like those sages at ramachandra i mean uh, those sages at dandakaranya forest wanted to have conjugal relationship with the lord the lord says said to them in my next life not now so in the next life they became the gopis in vrindavan so many many gopis are like that also who became so actually that is a, that is the case when anybody becomes liberated comes a devotee and becomes liberated he does not immediately go to the spiritual world he goes to that place in the material world where krishna is having his pastimes and he will participate in those pastimes and gets trained up there and then only he will go to the spiritual world this is explained by uh brihad bhagavatamrita shri prabhupad quoted that so that is the way how it works and then what is others other devotees yeah so some are nitya siddhas some are sadhana siddhas kripa siddhas like that bhakti lata mataji is saying please excuse my ignorance but how can we be free from desires well take shelter of lord nityananda chant hari krishna uh, satisfy krishna's desire we have to satisfy krishna's desire then we will be free of our own desires 
so that's why we are taking shelter of lord nityananda and of course through shri prabhupada we have to engage ourselves in devotional service so all our desires can be we cannot be free from desires we have to be free from sense gratificatory desires we have to transfer all those desires to satisfying krishna's desire krishna's sense gratification then our desires are purified we cannot be free from desires we have to purify the desires so instead of suppose i take a flower and i want to smell it enjoy the flower instead of that i offer it to krishna let him enjoy that's a this is the same thing but krishna's sense gratification and then i will take it as prasadam this prasadam so in this way everything has to be connected with krishna and to do that effectively we have to learn from the association of devotees that's why we have to take guidance from devotees and always uh, be under their guidance and always learn how to engage and ask the devotees for some service uh, engage in that service by engaging then we will also advance so like that all right i think i'll end here जय श्री चैतन्य चरितामृत की जय श्री नित्यानंद राम की जय कृष्णदास कविराज गोस्वामी की जय श्री प्रभुपाद की जय अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्ण सो वी नीड टू स्टार्ट फ्रॉम वेयर रिमेंबर वी नीड टू स्टार्ट फ्रॉम फाइव फोर्टी वन पर्पोर्ट Uh, where he is going to explain how mayavadi is misrepresented the panchratrika vidhi so that's where we have to start from okay hari krishna